Good day, and welcome to Far Reaches. We are four people from similar parts of the world who have wound up chasing different dreams and living different lives. We are Richard, Raleigh, Joel, and Micah. Richard and Micah are from Southeast Oregon, from two small ranching communities known as Pine Creek and Plush. Raleigh and Joel are from Northeast Oregon, from the Pendleton area. We met through college, mutual friends, and heard of stories of each other. Somehow wound up being at the same place at the same time. See, we live and work in different parts of the U.S. now and have all taken different paths to get to where we are. We all talk separately and live far apart. So we decided we should try and talk more together. We hope you come along and enjoy. The office today. Wow. We're coming to you live. We're just jumping right into our conversation, folks. Welcome to Far Reaches, because this shit's hot off the press. It's rolling already. We're talking about your vaccine passport for travel. So, Richard, bring us up to speed. Oh, so leaving my office is flying to Wyoming for Easter, and she's taking her uh, documentation that she has the vaccine. I thought it was for the flight, but she's also going up to stay in Jackson Hole, so maybe that's why she needs it. But... Um, yeah, so she feels as though she needs to take documentation to travel that says that she got the vaccine. Interesting. Yeah, I got your documentation fucking right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're talking about it. So there's like some articles on, on the internet. Uh, the White House has a plan for a vax pass. I like how they've shortened it, made it sound all cute. Oh, it's neat. Yeah, I can't wait to get a vax that. Pass. Yeah. Uh, it'll be useful at work, school, and especially for travel. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do in that case. Did you see the Johnson and – I was like, oh, maybe I'll just get the Johnson Johnson vaccine. Because and then in the New York dose. Post yeah. today, there was a guy that, like, all of his skin fell off. From, it was like a rare reaction. I mean, it, I, oh, was he, like, really happened. red? Like, it looked yeah. awful. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't click on it. But it was, like, a rare, rare response, and I was like, Mm, yeah, negative goat rider. Yeah, that looks that looks awful. Yeah. Canada banned the Astervega Yeah, because uh women in the age 18 to 38 year 35 year old age brackets are getting blood clots and dying. They don't know that it's attributed to that right now, but they uh think it may be. That's Probably a pretty, pretty important good segment of the population, too. Turns out, yeah. Women, 18, 35. It's like yeah. arguably the second most important segment of the population. Besides yeah, men, 18 only, to 35, is that what you're saying? <laughs> only, the future of, only the future of your economy. Yeah. yeah. Again, for a disease, it's got 99% survivability, you know? And Raleigh looks upset. Excuse my see his hat like when, it's popped clear above his head. Yeah. When in the fuck are people gonna wake up and call bullshit? I just, it's fucking nuts. I don't get yeah. it. It's just you see that I saw another stat today that 80% of the people who died of the Rona, God knows if you can really calculate that, were considered obese or extremely old, <laughs> or sometimes both. Yeah. Well, we got a, uh, since we talked last time, a uh, local celebrity down around the Great Basin, he, uh, he's in Butte with a, yeah. uh, 
with COVID. He's in bad shape. He's been on a ventilator. So we sort of live in an interesting time where it is very real. Yes. And like a lot of people are going to get it and they're going to recover from it. But the people that do get it, it's pretty, it's pretty bad and it's very costly. And so like he was unstable, so unstable that they couldn't fly him to Butte and uh, out of Butte. But I think he's going to recover. I think he's on the mend. Sounds good yeah. anyway. But uh, that it really did it as much as I knew the guy. And um, maybe Michael, will you post the GoFundMe thing in the yeah, show? Yeah, I will. That's a good point. Um, he did have underlying conditions that caused him to be more susceptible to it. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a bad deal when you get it, but it's just. Uh, I, I think even him would were I think he'd be he probably would have got the vaccine just because of the the uh, different classes that he falls into that make him more susceptible to COVID. But mm -hmm. I don't think he'd be he'd be he'd be thinking that he needed to take a uh, documentation that he had the vaccine to go to a ranch rodeo or something. Probably be the last person on the face of the earth that would even bother with that. So yeah, yeah it. Yeah, I've never said it's not impacting people. Uh, it's not impacting near as many people as I think people like to think it is. And uh, those that do get it don't seem to have the response that everybody seems to think should happen. Um, and again, um, it just seems to be about, it's definitely been turned into about power. And especially with the, I think it was just, was it just yesterday? I think it was yesterday that uh, our esteemed leader was begging uh, all the states to enact the mask rule again, you know, and for no real apparent reason. Uh, there's no spiking deaths anywhere or sickness anywhere or anything else. And then the classic line, you know, this isn't political, folks. Uh, I'm probably going to disagree what, with you on that. What, yeah. What's what's the shell game? What's he hiding? Oh, it's it's about control. Um <laughs> I don't know, man. I, it's a distraction. I love it's it. about dividing too. Yeah. What was your man DeSantos came out today and said, "Yeah, no, we're not participated in any passport things." No, not at all. Yeah, no passports. Uh, none of that, Shavik. Ordered uh, right off the table. We're not doing that. Yeah. Um, and then the CDC lady came on and uh, almost broke out bawling, pleading with people not to travel for spring break. So. Yeah, and this place is a nut to butt down here, dude. Like, it's Florida. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, I just saw a note today, they're expecting full crowds for football this fall. I just saw that. I'm thinking about going to a baseball game in Tejas because the Red Sox playing the Rangers, and it's full wide open stadium, you know. Um, I've been... We're way off the track, but I don't care. Anyways, we're having fun. Like, you know, I've been watching the, the basketball tournament. So these people have been basically sequestered for the most part in Indianapolis. They're playing in their little herds. Um, they play basketball together. Yet people on the sideline weren't masked for some stupid reason, even though they're tested every single day and they're around each other all the time. And I can guarantee you when they're not on the court, like if they're in the locker room, I don't think anybody's probably wearing a mask. You know, and half the time the coach pulls it down to yell at somebody, talks for a while, and then he puts it back up, just like on football on the sidelines. And it's like they're getting tested continually. Yeah. They're always getting sick. 
and yet they're still doing that. Comes back to with uh, when Rand Paul was actually mm. talking to uh, Fauci. Fauci. Yeah, and referred to it as this. It's a it's a theater. Theater. Uh, and, and that's one hundred percent of the theater. And, that's, and by forcing it on television, I feel like there's just it's making a conspiracy theory out of anybody who gives it any bit of critical thought. Absolutely. What what are, what are they trying to do here? They're not yeah. fooling. It's like obvious. It's not even can't even be a I don't even I'm not even sure it's a conspiracy at this point. It's just like you guys are up to something. Yes. Uh, well, we know what you're up to. And it's working, unfortunately. On For now. Yeah. O- on like over half the population, it is working on them. Yeah. You know, and then you get so you see the constant barrage. You know, if you if you see any post online that mentions anything to do with the Rona or anything whatsoever, there's instantly the CDC banner on the bottom of that post and half the time it has nothing to do with it anyways and then what i was going to say this for grinds my gears but that ship sailed they have these down home fucking country-fied commercials on the radio and the tv all the time like hey y'all you know just keep your distance and wear your mask and, well, and i'm just like oh my it just makes me boil when i hear that i'm like how placating can that be you know like person listen to this commercial shouldn't even know the word placating they're using it against us like it's just have to stop and go wait a minute this just does not add up at all this is a bad bad movie (laughs) i I think you got spaghetti in your microphone rolls (laughs) i'm on mute there we go (laughs) have uh I wasn't wanting to share my spaghetti that much with you guys, so I put Bill it. Bill might want some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched many documentaries on World War era with Hitler? Yeah. And 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 all the loudspeakers he used to put on the towns, and and all the all the dictation that he did, and and indoctrinated people with all that information he wanted them to hear, and he yeah. forced them to hear it continually. You say it enough till it becomes true turn on mainstream news and mainstream media yeah it's hanoi hannah dude too it's like when vietnam like yeah. you know just constant barrage of if we say it it makes it true and that's we see that all the time not just with this virus stuff but you know white supremacy uh angry male shooter uh what critical you- race whatever you know that's it's just insurgency um you know one day of demonstration well, granted, it gets a little out of hand, and that's an insurgency. An entire summer of burning shit and killing people is mostly peaceful protests. Just, just think about it, you know. And that's, it's continually repeated, the same words on every freaking channel, every freaking time. And that's then people just like, oh, it's got to be true, you know. And then it's part of our our ether, if you will. Not mine. No negative, Gil Rider. What do you think, Brad Burr? Look at you're just like. Holy shit, what kind of bees nest do we kick over here? <laughs> I'm always anxious to hear what Richard has to say. Oh, I don't even watch the news. Um neither. I uh just read a great book by James Altucher. I don't know if any guys are familiar with him. He lives there in New York. No, I don't. No. He's the he wrote a big uh he wrote an article that Jerry Seinfeld felt obligated to write an opt-ed in about the downfall of new york and uh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that guy owns the stand up new york which is a yeah. tiny mm-hmm. little nice it, it's a little comedy club that was literally around the corner from where i lived on the upper west side for a couple of years and i'd go there a lot just like drink i know that place 
very That's well. Awesome. He owns it. But anyway, he's also not very popular just, in the comedy world. But. He just, well, he just bought it, I think, in the last maybe last two years, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. He's sort of a fascinating guy. He's learning how to be a comedian and uh, to force himself to get better, he goes on to subway trains and does stand up comedy. <laughs> anyway, so, but he's had many failed and I'm trying to get, I'll get back to my point here. Let me get back on track. Anyways, I read this great book. It's called Skip the Line. And uh, mm-hmm. he's worried that this COVID thing is basically obliterate the middle class and um, that people are going when there's not going to be a lot of people who have to drop all their what they believed was the proper how would you say it they have to bl- drop everything that they've been taught all their lives if they're going to su- survive going forward and like watching the news Trust in the news, trusting in institutions like the government, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Way ahead of you, yeah. <laughs> but he says anyway. you have you have to trust them, or you need to not no, trust them. You need to switch you that, yeah. Rewire your brain because the people that you traditionally were the ones looking out for you are no longer doing that. And, uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, it's a great book. I'd highly suggest it. It's called Skip the Line. And I've read his other stuff. This is probably one of the best things he's ever written and uh, just really good from beginning to end. Cool. So, um, but as far as symbolism, uh, I think it's tremendously important. Obviously, um, I think that Hitler had more of an advantage because mass media was just sort of started in its fledgling state and capitalism wasn't jacked up to 300%. So I think while everybody thinks you fear socialism and you fear all that kind of stuff. I don't think that, I think capitalism is so entrenched in the world right now that it's going to, I mean, I posted about this on Facebook. I went to a bar in Baker city. There was 22 taps and four beers on, on available at all. And I don't really dig that. And I think that's, that's something that sort of bugs me. But when you can't go get, when Domino's only has three things of pizza because they can't get enough food to make a variety of pizza, and when Nike can only make four or five pairs of different shoes, and you can only get Wranglers for six months out of the year versus the pants that you like to wear, and on and on. Hell, I can't even get cowboy boots, and they can't get beer in Lakeview. I mean, our changes in the changes in our society are happening very slowly, and we're adapting but and we're getting used to it but i don't buy the boiling a frog in water thing just slowly turn it up eventually people are going to go wait a minute two years ago we were living in this wonderful juggernaut of economy we could get everything we wanted we could go anywhere we wanted in the world we had all these luxuries and we had all these free freedoms and we voted like assholes and we voted this all we voted it all away they're like you know this isn't the fool. This is the paradise that we thought it was going to be. And they're going to like, give me back my 22 different taps of beer. I'm not putting up with this bullshit anymore. And having lived in Russia where you get what you get, that gets freaking old when you come from the United States and they get used to it and they live with it. But I don't think people in the United States are going to go for that. So no, it's going to, 
it's going to keep impacting people in a different way till it gets personal for more people. I think. I just don't think that socialism has a chance of working. I think this is it's the last big push for it, but I don't. I think that capitalism is turned way too high up for it to take hold. I think a lot of people like the idea of socialism, but in the end, they like the idea of being able to go down to the store and pick out 15 different types of Mountain Dew. I feel like it, it's a little too late. Not not maybe the social aspect of socialism, but like the, the you need a certain economy of where you're funding everybody. We're past the point where capitalism can function properly anymore we're on a trajectory of you either have to keep printing money mm-hmm. or we're all just, we're all fucked. Well, maybe not all of us, but uh, the people that are, you know, making paycheck to paycheck to get by they're they're kind of fucked. Everybody else might be all right. Well, we'll have a facsimile of a capitalist society um, with the underpinnings being completely false paper tigers because of our inflation we're at right now. But um, and maybe I that's tell you what, yeah. go ahead. properly depressing. Really Thank you. Yeah. What was that, Richard? You can fix it really fast if you outlawed every lobbyist that ever walked on Capitol Hill and people didn't get paid to vote. Capitalism would work a hell of a lot better if everybody was on an equal playing field. But when major corporations can buy their way into a market and then control the market, that's not how capitalism works. No, exactly believe that right. we're, yeah. it's a true open market yeah and i can't i could say unrained untethered capitalism is the answer i can't go that far there needs to be a certain amount of regulations but you shouldn't be able to go to senator yahoo from nebraska and give him three hundred and fifty thousand dollars so he changes his vote so that your telecom company doesn't have to compete with the one from the state north of you mm-hmm yeah, I think part of that goes back to term limits too, where it's more of like a, I think it should be like jury duty, man. Like, oh shit, I got drawn for rep. Like, seriously, I mean, that's that's the case or one and done. And, and that's the other bag of hair we've gotten ourselves into. It's like somehow we've let it happen that they forgot that they worked for us and now they're in charge of their own wages and, and they're going to vote themselves out of office. Highly unlikely, you know. Well, there's another interesting way of doing voting or picking leadership, and it's uh, it's a some people you can choose to be an elected official or people can nominate you, and then they have a lottery system, mm-hmm. and then if your name comes up in the lottery, then you can run for office, and then people vote for you. And then you can't run again. If like, so if you want to run again the next time, you have to win the lottery the next time. So it always keeps changing people up. So anyway. I think it's going to be like American Idol in about another 25 years where we all just vote on our app about things that come across the screen all day long. How do, it's kind of interesting to think if you, just because you think? <laughs> government's just always been part of our life, but like, I was thinking about this the other day with Elon Musk wanting to colonize Mars. Imagine you set up a community mm-hmm. on Mars. And I was like, well, what, I was thinking, what country is that? Well, it's not, it's no countries. It's, it's new. Maybe, maybe it's, is it part of the United States? No country for Mars, man. 
Sorry, who gets to decide if at all there is a government? <laughs> what are the rules on Mars, right? I think it's whoever gets there makes the rules. So if Basically. you go back in Earth history long enough, like, why did we ever even bother making fucking rules? You're born, and then you got somebody in your ear being like, yeah, you can't do that. Like, why, why can't I? I'm here. I can do whatever I want. Apparently, somebody wanted to get laid at some point, and they started listening to people that were bitching at them about something. I don't know, because either that or the dude that was like, well... If, I make this, and if you don't do this, then I won't sell it to you, or I won't give it to you. I don't know um, why we ever got to the point where, like, why we need laws. Um, I know we had. I mean, I mean, like the complex laws, like taxation and that stuff. I get like the local sheriff, the townspeople say you can't well, come in here and okay, shoot people yeah. or we'll take it back you. to the very beginning. Like, okay, so we have our little township we've built here. Okay. Uh, the road going to your house is total dog shit, Joel. You got to fix it. Well, I'm not the only one who uses that road. Okay, well then, uh, you know, every whatever, we'll take a little bit out and then we'll we'll put some money hey, in a little deal and we'll go need, fix that why, road. Why do you need to fix it? Just You should have put your house in a better spot. You moved there. And since I built a huge lumber mill down the road from your shitty house, uh, I'm, I'm using all the road up. And so uh, not really your fault, you know, but... Uh, I bought that land. I went and cleared that land off and I'm selling timber and it's going right past your shit hole and I'm tearing up your road, but I'm not paying for it. Well, why won't the timber come in? They need the roads more than I need the road. I don't care. I don't care if it's rough. I got big old trucks. I don't care if it's rough or not, but your, your little scooter gets high centered in the middle of the street. <clears throat> All right. I'm sorry. You're, I didn't know you're so liberal. <laughs> Here, have my money. Neither did I, but I mean, you think about it, like, it's almost like roommates, dude. Think about it. You got four people living in a house. Like, all right, are we going to, you know, do we want to push it all in together for food? Or are we going to do our own? Uh, how are we paying the rent? You know, that's, if you really want to take it down and boil it down to the simplest level, that's kind of where it begins. And it just keeps getting more clustered up from there. <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's one to, for everybody to think about. So in America, we vote for high environmental standards. Uh, we, vote, we vote for agriculture regulations. We vote for the USDA. We vote to have our meat inspected. We vote to have our vegetables inspected. <laughs> I When's mean, the last time you had a meat inspected, Richard? Never mind. <laughs> anyways, we vote all these safeguards in, in our own domestically, and then we immediately turn around and let all these, uh, all this, all these products from outside the country that don't have uh -huh. to be, that don't have the same scrutiny that we have in the United States. And then we make our own farmers and agriculture people compete against people that aren't hindered by what the American population is voting for, what they say the food system they want. So all these people that make these votes to have these high environmental standards and have the greatest, uh, safest food system in the world, they then turn around and buy something from Uruguay. And they, and so they vote their values, but they don't pay for the values with their paycheck that they voted for. So mm -hmm. that's one of the places where the, uh, con the capitalism and the economy is broken. People should live by what they vote. And they sh there shouldn't be a loophole. It's, this is especially important in food and in steel and in timber and in all sorts of different stuff. 
what you vote for is what you should have to pay for. And you shouldn't be able to outsource things from other countries just to get around paying for what your value vote was. Basically, you have to live with your consequences instead of like, that seems nice in theory or good, you know, that's ah, good for you, but not for me, uh, which seems to be definitely prevalent in a lot of times. And um, almost to the degree where we see people, gosh, we are just absolutely epileptic scattering tonight. It's beautiful. People leave in California because it's absolutely upside down assholishness and they're going to other states. What's the first thing they're doing when they get there? They're Californian the shit out of those places too. It's like you you just left there because you made it uninhabitable. And the first thing you do when you get to Boise or Austin or Reno is put the same stupid things in place because they sound kind of neat, but then you don't want to put them in practice. Like you're gonna run out of places to go eventually. Like you're gonna get to the border and somebody may be waiting with a shotgun saying, take your ass somewhere else, man. You're not hosing up my town. It's the same kind of thing. You vote in these. They sound special and all, and then that's for somebody else to worry about. And that doesn't really apply to me. Which don't work. Obvious. Only that. It's 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 morons throughout the system. What is that? Turtles on top of turtles on top of turtles. Infinity. It's just it's asshole. turtles all the way down. Yeah. That's by Sturgill. All yeah. the way down. That's what our government is. So are you talking about the Sturgill Simpson song, Joel? Well, yeah, but that's also yeah. just a saying, right? I, I never yeah. heard that before I heard the song. I, I don't know as much about turtles as I should, I guess. I don't I actually don't really fully understand the saying. Is, is it is it it's just foolishness? When you stack turtles on top of each other, it's a fragile system or what what's the what was I always the heard it was like that? you see that like it's like a turtle on top of a fence post. That was always compared to Obama, you know. Like you're not sure how it got there, doesn't know what to do once it got there. You're not sure why it is there, you know. Like it's what? just there. <clears throat> right. That's not that's not bad mouth Obama right now. It's basically why not? Basically, I think I would have had enough. He's the one running the country, anyways. What are you worried about? Like, yeah, his hands up <laughs> Biden's ass. No, it's not. Dude, come on. <laughs> All right, back to the turtle thing. <laughs> <laughs> About, Screw the damn about, turtles. It's about the, about the galaxies that are multi-dimensions. It's uh it's like the turtles supposed to represent Earth, and then the turtles on top of the turtles for infinity is multiple dimensions. That's what it is. All right, man. That was yeah, a drug induced. I think it came. I think it came from not Timothy Leary, but the uh, other crazy McGibbons. Oh, it's. It's out there. Yeah, I tell you. Yeah. I just I just know that Sturgill Simpson song. Yeah. Turtles all the way down. Yeah. Everybody should watch that Post Malone cover of the Sturgill song. Yeah. I, I've, I've actually thought Post Malone was like uh, I've, li- I've liked him. I don't like that type of music typically, but he always struck me as He's got a good voice, and he seems like a cool guy. Uh, and then he comes out and he covers Sturgill. I was right. This guy is awesome. Yeah, when he first came out, I was like, look at this wing ding. Then I actually heard some of his interviews and some of the things that he was saying and involved in. I was like, huh. <clears throat> the guy's just kind of figured it out, you know? So carry on. But yeah, he just 
He waylaid that song, man. It was awesome. So Turtles All the Way Down is an expression of the problems of infinite regress. Infinite regress is a series of entities governed by a recursive... Never mind. Just this, is, this is Turtles All the Way Down because every time you read a definition, you got to read another keyword <clears throat> in that definition because you don't know what it means. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that might be Turtles All the Way that's Down. Turtles right there. All the Way Down right there. Wow, guess- that's... It was theorized by stoners. Have to be, yeah. But, uh, the Post Malone cover, there was a recent uh, fundraiser for Tejas, the state of Texas, put on by Matthew McConaughey uh, on the Facebook. And uh, all right, all right. All right, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah, and so Post Malone, like in the closing credits, like he he covered one of Sturgill's songs that he doesn't sing anymore. Uh, roughly, you can have the crown, but it's the... King of Shit Mountain, uh, great song, um, and he just absolutely destroyed it. It was really cool. So, if you get a chance, check that out. It was a uh, well done for sure. But uh, yeah, well, you know, I guess uh, welcome, kids, to the far reaches again. Uh, I'm glad you're still with us. Welcome back to another week of entertainment and fun. That's probably our. Uh, that's usually about half of what we do before we usually hit record. So we thought, screw it, let's just hit record and, and uh, let's capture some of the magic, if you will. So. Uh, welcome back but i think that's probably a really good segue into the entertainment spotlight for this week with uh mr joel and our uh mr willie nelson's album the redheaded stranger which we were talking and just richard and i were speaking right beforehand uh before it all kicked off about that and you know the um i was like well it's with a it's with a uh movie too but the movie came out like 10 or 15 years after that or 20 even so yeah joel why did you pick this particular album uh, and what'd you think what it, what it talked to you about i'll tell you i picked it uh for i guess not a great reason it's not like i think this not like i thought it was some incredible album i'll tell you that for a lot of years i've wanted a good turntable set up with uh you know like a what's the thing you hook it up to receiver speakers i've always wanted a good setup and it's just always been pretty expensive so it costs a lot of money to do that to act poor um so i'd say for like 10 years i've wanted a good turntable and then for for some reason i just think like the one essential album I needed was Redheaded Stranger just because it's an iconic album, but I hadn't really ever listened to it. I did mm. buy the album. I listened to it. I've listened to it a couple of times, but I didn't really pay attention to it. I'd always hear like, <clears throat> Oh, it's a concept album, but I didn't, yeah. I never pay close enough attention to lyrics to uh, get a sense of what the, what a, even an individual song is about, let alone an entire mm. album. Which is pretty cool. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I just thought that we should do something other than a. Well, somebody else did. Well, we got into books, and then there's a podcast. We mm-hmm. used to do movies back in the day. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. We'll circle and, back to that uh, at some point. Yeah. So yeah, I just thought uh, an album would be cool. Yeah, I was going to do an album a while ago, and I got distracted with something else shiny. But I do think probably one of the coolest sounds would have to be blue eyes crying in the rain on an, like a record player that probably has to sound pretty damn cool. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me preface this more and then we can, we can talk about it. I mean, I'll say what I think the album is about. And then I think sure. that deser deserves discussion because I don't even know if I'm right. I've listened to it several times, uh, followed along with the lyrics, whatnot. But I think that the, the, the basics of the album is there's a guy that he's married to this woman, deeply in love with her. He suspects she's cheating. He comes home. She's not there. She's run off with the guy. His suspicion is confirmed. He thinks that maybe he still loves her. Ultimately decides revenge is better. Tracks her down in Montana and finds her and her lover at, uh, at a bar. Shoots them. Then he's kind of just a, a rambling man for a little... Not rambling man. I think that means something else. But he's like a an outlaw kind yeah. of uh, goes around from place to place ultimately kills some uh, bar girl for touching his horse or his wife's old horse um, and then ultimately I think at the end he like meets somebody else maybe and has a whole second part two of his life um, mm -hmm. and I took in the middle of the album there's two instrumental songs right in a row and I took that to mean sort of a symbolic baptism between his earlier life and his later life where he, you know, the first relationship, she cheated, he killed her. And then his second life is uh, he found another partner. And I think one of those songs alludes to like him, his wife and his kid underneath an oak tree fishing or something. Um Yeah, I think that's what the album is. I mean, is there did I miss uh, something? Did I interpret it wrong? I couldn't really tell with the second half. I don't know what was going on. So when I think it's a concept album, is weird. The concept to me means like there should be a pretty straightforward story. And I even think in this album, I don't think there's any deeper meaning behind the songs. I, I think he's trying to tell a story, but the songs don't quite add up perfectly. And I think that's mm -hmm. interesting that they call this maybe one of the most iconic concept albums of all time. But I don't, it's probably, I mean, I haven't listened to a lot of them, but I, I get why it's important because it's Willie. But maybe it's just not really that good of a concept album, actually. Well, I, I know Richard has some beautiful insight. I, I can tell by look on his face, but, but, Something that just struck me when you were talking about that too, that was like, there's some missing parts or some, some missing pieces. That's how Willie plays a lot too. Um, I think just his style of music, if you listen to how he plays is sort of rambly, sort of missing at times. Um, and, I, and that's very unique. And so maybe that was a conscious effort. That's just how he writes that all together. But I, as far as the story, I think he absolutely just nailed it, yeah. Well, I think there's two songs in particular, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, one, mm -hmm. and then also Remember Me. If you look at the lyrics, I just don't, I can't figure out how they fit in. They don't make sense in the story. Richard? That's a good face. You guys, you're going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really about the post-industrial revolution. <laughs> no. No, this is this was the equivalent of John Wayne slopping the horse's ass for me. <laughs> okay, we're listening. I, 
all I heard was jazz. And I was like, oh, Blue Eyes Cry in the Rain. I like that one. And then, oh, there's a song called Bandera. I've been there. Um, I listened to it twice. And I have to say, if I had to, if you had to, if I was locked in a room and had to listen to Willie Nelson, I would pick uh, The Great Divide every time over that one. Shut up and kiss, shut up, or what is it, Maria? Shut up and kiss me. Yeah. I think one of Willie Nelson's best songs. And then uh, Mariposa County Line is awesome. Yeah. But for me, Joel, this was uh, my equivalent of uh, whatever movie we watched that you thought John Wayne was gay. <laughs> McClintock. It's, <laughs> it's so sorry. funny. Like, Joel I'm just. Sorry. Like, <laughs> Are you saying the sound? The, the album sound is 34 of- minutes long. Joel yeah. took about 13 minutes to describe it. I mean, it's like that's how much he nailed this yeah. album. It's like almost to the letter. Richard's like, Blue Eyes is cool. I've been to that bar, but I don't like that. You know, it's like that kills me, dude. I, I so much appreciate it, Joel. And I don't want to just mean anything you put into it. And I think that your that your pick was inspired, but it just did not connect for me. I'm sorry. Are you, I, are you saying I, because I of the sound? Like, is it sounds like jazz? Is that what you're saying? Those first couple of songs were pretty jazzy. It was definitely from like out of Willie's old playbook. I don't know what well, that's interesting. I mean, like country music is inspired by jazz, right? Is that what they say? Um, like it kind of came out of that. You know, was... And then Willie has a very unique, yes, I hate it when I say very unique because nothing can be very unique, it's an unmodifiable adjective, it's either unique or it's not it's unique, not. yeah, but. Uh, the unique thing about Willie is his upbringing and, and where he, so he went to Nashville and kind of got kicked out of Nashville because he didn't fit the mold. Mm-hmm. He ended up living in, I think, Austin, which is like a hippie. It was like a hippie place, but he had a Western influence. He has like the, the religious music background. And I think when he grew up, he grew up around like a lot of uh, like Mexicans and their music. Um. Uh, he, I think he's probably just so. He, it's just an incredible combination of influences that brought him along. Probably too early. Probably I guess maybe early. I, I didn't appreciate it because my country music is Bakersfield country. I mm-hmm. like uh, Buck Owens, Merle Haggard, Dwight Yoakam. I like that more with a little bit of uh, what would you? I like that electric guitar. I mean. One of the greatest concerts I've ever seen in my life is Merle Haggard. I love uh, Billy Joe Shaver. Uh, a lot of those uh, guys wouldn't be who they are without Willie telling Nashville to go pound yeah. sand. No, you know? I uh, I respect I respect everything that Willie Nelson has done, but I like that fast tempo country. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes even Johnny Cash gets slow for me. Yeah. Was like, Billy Joe quick? I feel like he was like. He was Billy Joe. Billy was like the, more the Raleigh version Willie of than... Willie. Yeah. You talk, you talk, you're like, I took a fast train to Georgia. I ain't got no education. Or I got an eighth grade education. Yeah. I mean, that okay. was And then, yeah. So, who's the king of country? Like, well, can you finish singing that for me, Richard? Oh, no. Please don't. Who's that guy? All night long. That guy? Yeah, what's his name? I want to pop the king. Oh, that was like, is that Michael Two Murphy? Is that I, Michael I Murphy? Like, I think no. 
I'll, I'll let Raleigh weigh in, but just know that I'm probably a, a musical heathen because my go-to karaoke song is They're Gonna Make Me a Big Star. So, <laughs> Dan Seals. Dan Seals. I was thinking the yeah. guy that, who's the old-time country guy that went to the Rainbow and he's been there. He's a big name. He's been to the Rainbow a couple times. Dan Watson. Dan Watson. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I think Dale Watson is more along the lines of Dwight Yoakam. He's got a than like Billy Joe Shaver, you know. I'm sorry I'm laughing so hard at that because I'll never forget we were at Simiotis. I think it was my I think it was my birthday, maybe. Anyways, we were out for a shindig at Simiotis and the and the Houchin boys were over from Milton Freewater. And you know, it's about 15 of us at the back table. <laughs> and somebody's like, uh, well, we we probably should get going. And if you like, you know, Dale Watson's over at the rainbow. And Poyo literally almost tips over like three tails, tables shooting up out of his chair. Dale Watson, ah! he like literally like boils over the table and like throws money and goes out the door. And like the next thing you know, he's trying to be up on the stage of the bow singing with poor Dale. And it's just, it's just awful. But I'll never forget Dale Watson gone. Who's you know, like, this? Yo-Yo? Poyo. Yeah, his Christian name was Keith, I think. We call him Pollo because he hates chickens. But yeah, he was just gone, dude. And he threw money and he was gone. That was it. Dill Watson. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was your birthday. I was there. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. He was just gone. Next thing he's trying to sing. And he can actually sing a little bit, but he was too far gone at that point because he didn't know Dill Watson was there. So you know, and he only threw he only threw two threw two dollars and fifty cents for his thirty-five dollar dinner. Thirty-five, yeah, just a tad bit more than that. I love it when I pay for his his dinner at my birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know your friends. Yeah, so, yeah. Dale Watson's got that rockabilly kind of swing Texas kind of thing a little bit almost, but yeah, um, that's the thing about Willie. Like I don't like a lot of his stuff. I like some stuff he did with Merle. I think Poncho Lefty is one of the coolest songs ever. Um, you know, I saw him and Merle playing Tejas on the last shows that Merle did. That was pretty, pretty cool. Um, I like this album. I don't like the album. I like the concept of it and what it did and when it did it. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Richard uh, prefers Dwight Yoakam. Mm -hmm. Where, like, I, I respect Dwight Yoakam and I've seen seen him a few times. Like, he actually played a free concert one mm. summer on the Upper West Side at uh, where, they do, where the Juilliard School is. Oh, wow. Outdoor. And I got word of it that day. I heard about it and I just went and Dwight Yoakam. I stood right there in the front. Watched him with like 300 people. It was amazing. Um, wow. But I respect him, but I don't, I don't love him. Like, I think Willie, I love Willie and uh, mm -hmm. that's interesting that I think Richard maybe that's interesting how people diverge in oh, completely yeah what they like of, i think a lot of dwight's songs are just so west coast i mean they don't they're not necessarily nashville they're oh yeah they're they're totally yeah of the buck owens vein if you will in the merle obviously huge influence and i think as i've gotten older i appreciate i appreciate dwight yoka more than i did before and certainly like this sounds weird but like lyle love it i used to just despise i love it uh and now like i saw him at wild horse quite a few years ago and like in, in the big band or something and i was like that guy is just really good at what he does like 
it's amazing how my ear had changed and what I appreciated about a musician and not really, I don't know what it was beforehand, but I was like, eh, screw that guy, you know, but he's just a cool cat. And I, th I think it's just like, it's one of my weirdest like epiphanies of like my shift in music and appreciation of artistry, if you will. The boat is a masterpiece. Yeah, absolutely. Kiss my ass. I bought a boat. Yeah, that's, that's not one of my most, like, I really dig that song. Look at Rawls sitting there. Canadian yeah, Rally, what, what, do you think, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, <laughs> on old uh, Willie Nelson there, Rally? I always enjoy listening to Willie Nelson. I My uncle was a big Willie Nelson fan, and growing up around him, he, he always had the cassette tape in his pickup, and Willie Nelson was always playing. And... Um, there's a lot of great songs he had. Nothing I can do about it now. Angels flying too close mm. to the ground. A lot of really good ones that I enjoyed. Um, Blue eyes crying in the rain. Um, I think you were you hit the the uh, plot dead on. You know he was a preacher killed his killed his ex lover and and her new lover and then was a fugitive on the run and that's kind of the basis for it. It was. It just brought back memories of being a kid listening to a mm. Willie album for me. And uh, well, I think anybody wants to kind of get grounded, go listen to any Willie or Merle or any of the good old music that, that was through the 70s and 80s. And um, it's it just, it's that's America. You know, that's the way I look at it. I'm glad you, you I'm glad you recommended that. And I hope the other people, um, could could listen to an artist like willie or could just find the enjoyment out of just listening to a story getting told in in music that's what country music's about and i yeah you know it it growing up on that stuff it was just enjoyable to sit back and listen so like the song crazy like talk about good stories like crazy yeah. that's yeah. just man when patsy sings that dude no no oh, put there. you down it, the song you know, "Redheaded Stranger" itself was is an incredible song. Just mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. song alone could be a whole album. Absolutely, no. The I look where music's at today, country music in particular, and I feel like I'm at a Justin Bieber concert listening to it. You know, it's just a bunch of it. I I, I enjoy that era of music that came from those mm -hmm. those artists that that. Yeah, they weren't the mainstream country. They were made more of the rebel country back then, and it it uh, it resonates with country folk. I mean, Richard sat there and mentioned Merle Haggard. That's you you talk about Merle and Willie in the same sentence, and those are two of the greatest country artists in the history of music, in my opinion. But, what about? I'm just curious about the opinion. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Glenn Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> really, Joel? Or are you just doing that to be an a-hole? No, I'm not. Uh, I liked his his uh, late in life Alzheimer's uh, song, um, and I think he made it, did a whole album. It was interesting when he was later in life. He had an interesting background, but I think his music in his prime was too much. Uh, it's too seventies and poppy. It was pop of the 70s, right? 
It was like rhinestone cow, rhinestone cowboy. Like, give me a fucking break. You can't hold that one song against him. A like good song, that is like, modern day Sam Hunt. That's what if you were alive back then. Whore mouth. And, and if you were a purist in the seventies and you heard rhinestone cowboy, you'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ. Give Don't me a The song was kind Moral, of pointing right? a little bit of fun at that whole thing. You could have said the same thing about Kenny <clears throat> Rogers, though. Totally. <clears throat> yeah, people do. Kenny Rogers was a fraud. He came from he's not a great he's not a, one of the great country western musicians at all not kenny you would you would find some argument in that with some sectors i mean from where he came from he was pop kenny margers was pop and then he shifted over um but like glenn i think when he's saying rhinestone cowboy hey, i think they paid him to be he was kind of poking fun at that whole i guess craze at that time but again one song i don't think defines an artist but like Wichita Lineman, dude. That's like one of my favorite songs of all time. That's just a great song. That's him. I thought that was a. No, that's definitely Glenn. I have that song on my on my <laughs> in my list, but it's I don't have Glenn Campbell version cover. Yeah, you do. Glenn sang it first. I used to drive. I was good friends with the DJ at the local radio station in college in the Grand. And every time I'd see him out like a Friday night, he's like, Mike, you got a song you want to hear? I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Wichita Lyman. He's like, no, I get angry. People like, I'm like, come on, man, you got to play it for me. So he would. Andrew Holt was his name. Saturday mornings. This one goes out to Micah. Wichita Lyman. Yeah. Great I have song. James Taylor's version. Ugh. Written by Jimmy Webb. Jimmy Webb was like an old timey country yeah. singer, wasn't he? As Leonard Kindred so. says about James Taylor, the good old Southern boys don't even want him around. <laughs> <clears throat> this is why music's so much fun because everybody has such a, a different, like Rawl said, memory. What did it remind you of? What it is for you? That's the cool thing. I can, like, tell, you, I can tell you right now that Chris Ledoux is way too sophisticated for Joel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No way Joel could be hooked on an eight-second ride, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, yeah. I, I I really like Chris Ledoux. Big fan of Chris Ledoux. How about how about Chris Christopherson? I like Legit. his songwriting. I like his songwriting. I don't like him as a performer at all. Oh, he's just but he's so cool. I mean, oh. you gotta you gotta like him. Right? They tried to push him off. I just took it as too much being pushed on me. I didn't like his acting, I didn't like his singing. Like Sunday morning coming down is one of the coolest, most badass songs ever written, no doubt about it. But I, I just don't like Chris, man. I've got I think like with the Highwayman when you got Willie Waylon, Johnny, who else is in there? Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson. Those other guys are such big personalities, and I think Chris Christopherson's left behind. But no, he could have either he could have either failed completely because like he's the least famous one but he went off and did his own thing no, the guy is incredibly badass. smart he has an amazing background like i just don't like him as a singer yeah undoubtedly the best songwriter amongst them bro oh no doubt dude I, I i don't doubt it for a second i just don't like his singing like songwriting hard to beat story amazing where he come from like intelligent level off the charts um you know but i just don't like his singing. 
landing a helicopter on Johnny Cash's lawn in Nashville. Yeah, is one totally of the best Western stories ever. What we got two songwriters, country and Western. What uh, what is Willie Nelson's best song in everybody's opinion? Seven Spanish Angels. Mm, that's a good one. Seven Spanish Angels. Mm. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to look up what songs I have of his. I just like Poncho and Lefty, man. I think it just tells a cool story about times changing and, and friends. And that's cliched as hell, but yeah. Oh, you I'm know not... who I grew up on? Monty Robbins. Right. He has some good ones. Rawls, what was your song? I'm going to throw one out that you it's kind of gets lost, but uncloudy day. Oh, wow. Yeah. You kind of, you, you overlook it, but that was a really good Willie Nelson song. He's got a lot of great songs. I don't, I don't know that one, Robert. Uh, what what just, was it called again? Uncloudy day. I'll, I'll look that, I'll, I'll download that and let's go. I don't think I know that one. I think out of my list that I'm looking at, I think uh, my favorite on the list is uh, Georgia on my mind. Or, or, or always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Well, That's Whiskey nice. River was a great one too. Whiskey River's really good. Yeah. No, I'm not thinking always on my mind. I'm thinking yeah, you know, Georgia. The yeah. one that Ray Charles remade. Georgia. Yeah. Heroes have always been cowboys, you know, good hearted woman. There's you could I mean there's just a shit ton of them, but yeah. You could list 20 of them that every one of us have heard before and go, oh, that was a really good one, too. That was Bloody Mary one. Morning. Bloody yeah. Mary Morning, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just <clears throat> the, for for the era that oh, last most, thing I we needed. All grew up. Oh, that the last thing I needed was a great song. Yeah. I'm cheating because I'm looking on his songs, but yeah. One of the Dark Horses is Mariposa County Line. Mariposa County Line is a great absolutely. song. Absolutely. Yeah. I would encourage anybody that doesn't have one of his albums to go out and buy his greatest hits. This uh, essential. If you, if you if you have a whole month to spare to listen to music, you should listen to Willie Nelson's catalog. It's so many. I actually thought I couldn't, for a couldn't long deny that. Time yeah. that that redheaded stranger. I for a long time I thought that was his first album, but oh, I, no. I was reading it. It was his 18th. But he, <laughs> I'm looking at it right like now. Late career. Alphabetically arranged, he has 337 songs that that are on albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, oh, there's yeah, a, be way more than that. That's yeah, there is. But this Willie Nelson Essentials is lot, one yeah. I just randomly picked out. And there's like 30, 31 songs on that. I'm looking on iTunes. That's yeah. pretty. Uh, I mean, those are all pretty damn good. Yeah. So I, I won't argue that, Joel. Yeah. If you had a month just to listen to one catalog of music, yeah, and starting with day one. Yeah. When you see old pictures of him when he was first coming up, you know, it was black suit and tie. Clean shaven, short hair, singing his little hearts out. Yeah, pretty wild. He's, yeah, he's been old. He's been old forever. <laughs> when, uh, it'll be a. Sorry, Rolly, go. Oh, I was just gonna say it'll amongst amongst music radio, no different than when Merle died the day that Willie died. Yeah. Every radio station will tribute to that man. I believe. Moreover, everybody that I've found in New York City, I, when I first moved here, everybody, I would find a very common thing I would see, like especially like dating sites, was like, "What's your favorite kind of music?" It would be anything but country. 
um, or anything in the country except for Johnny Cash after Johnny Cash died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Nelson is going to be another one of those people where people who currently say they hate country, you're going to finally, you're going to suddenly see them say, I hate country except for Willie Nelson. Like you only like Willie Nelson because you finally heard him. Imagine if you heard everybody else right now, if you weren't so prejudiced against country music. Yeah. I think it's, you think that's dwindling some though? Even though, because some of it's due to the modern influence of that shit they call country, but I think people are maybe looking back and appreciating some of that a bit more. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's, it's become over the last five years, I'd say it's become kind of cool to dig old country to discover and kind of be like check this out and that's yeah, probably guys, you know, look like who people I buy lps named yeah. Tanya Tucker. yeah can you believe that like let's go patsy klein man she's great you know like yeah have you ever heard of etta james i know she's not country but it's one of my favorite singers of all time just wait till you fuckers get around to vince gill man <laughs> dude if that's not a coffee mug or a t-shirt right there is joel's picture like that Wait, do you fuckers get around to Vince Gill? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sprinkle some Ricky Skaggs on your ass, dude. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, it's kind of actually disgusting a little bit to hear uh, the praise for Dolly Parton right now. Have you noticed that over the last like six Shut months? Your mouth. No, <laughs> I, 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 I like really. Dolly Parton fine, but it, it annoys me that suddenly everybody else, oh, when I say everybody else, I'd say like liberals. And social media have discovered Dolly Parton. No, oh, that's too bad. Uh, over the last like year, and they well, she donated a million it. to the Rona. Miley Cyrus is like her goddaughter. Um, I think that's probably part of it. Um, but yeah, when you're like, this kind of pisses you off when everybody's like, oh, you're like, you don't, you don't even know, you know, <laughs> you turn into the music my, snob. My favorite meme. Talk about cultural appropriation. <laughs> My favorite meme of 2020 was uh, Billy English took six months to write a, uh, during COVID, during quarantine, during COVID to write her last number one hit. Dolly, Are you talking about Dolly Billie Parton Eilish? Wrote, Billie Eilish? Billie Eilish. Yeah. Whatever her name is. Name yeah. one of her songs. Anyways, this guy wrote, well, hell, Dolly Parton wrote Jolene and I always love you at a bar in one day. <laughs> some good napkins to have wouldn't they be yeah that's awesome <laughs> but we we should talk we this could be a common theme that we could talk about is the downfall of country music on the, like the radio I don't um, listen to it, like on my app if i'm just like i don't i can't hit shuffle on my phone because there's too many songs that pop up that like i don't want to hear that right so I'll just go to like the country playlist on Apple Music or something, and there's just so much crap on there. Like, no, if I listen to I listen to the um, listen to Apple Radio, which is kind of like it'd be like the same thing like on Pandora or Spotify, but like I'll listen to like hey, play Whiskey Myers Radio, and so it plays you know Whiskey Myers, Sturgill, Randy Rogers, Jason Boland. So it's it's that Red Dirt vein, which I really really dig. Um, so that's what I listen to. If I'm listening to music throughout the day, not a specific playlist, that keeps me sane. Yeah, I'm really into Dead South right now. I like I like this resurgence of guys with raspy voices coming oh. back. Not that's why I like Sturgill. Yeah, yeah. 
And like, uh, that's why I really like Zach Brown band. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy has a really unique voice and they don't tune it at all. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Cody Johnson, Zach Brown. Yeah. All those, those guys, uh, tell some good stories. Randy Rogers or Zach Brown? Zach Brown has a very smooth James Taylor almost esque voice. Randy Rogers is a he's a little raspy, but not too much. Um, Cody Jinks is one of those guys that got a little rasp to him. Um, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. 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 Josh. Another, or, uh, yeah. Another really good, uh, just because we don't have the albums anymore and we don't have. Uh, videos like we used to, but another like underappreciated band I think is Honey Honey. I can mm-hmm. love Honey. I've oh, seen yeah. them several times here. Gosh, uh, in small and, crowds. Yeah, awesome. there's there's a lot of that good stuff. Yeah. Well, one concert I went to with Honey Honey Richard was uh, at the Bowery Ballroom, and you know the lead singer girl, uh, she's very pretty. Uh, her dress strap broke so it came down her right tit was exposed for a whole song she had like a real lacy bra mm. lacy uh, she was aware of it but uh, a honey honey concert though was, it was pretty funny in New York it, it's like 90% lesbian women I would so it's say. like country little, little affair is what you're saying <laughs> it, but honey honey I'm with Richard man they're they're a killer band. Um, yeah, like I've the, heard a little bit, but I need to explore deeper. I believe, yeah. So, well, it's just I think that I do miss the. I think it was the cool part about Joel's thing this week was it was the album, and with the world that we live in, it's singles, and mm-hmm. you don't get like some of my. I hate to bring up Dwight Yoakam again, but like some of Dwight Yoakam's best. Um, songs are from the second side of the album, like Thousand Miles from Nowhere, Wild Ride. I mean, those Thousand were miles. Love that song. Yeah. But those were on the second side of the album. When you, they were on the when you flip the cassette over. And then I think the thing that I like about Lyle Love It is he did a cover of just songs that were on the second side of albums. <laughs> that's he made the way a whole album. Rolled. He made he made a whole album of B side songs. So that's just uh yeah. The men's a menace. Oh, Raleigh's fixing to snore, so we're gonna shift gears. Um I shifted up the uh, we're gonna go to our uh, well let me, let me give a quick plug for our sponsor too, BK, since we kind of just we hit the ground running. So thanks again to BK Auto Salvage for putting up with us and uh helping sponsor this this mess and uh being our proud partners. So if you guys uh, they're still doing promo code Reacher, so stop by if you want to get some parts or uh, get a little bit of discount on that. If you're getting some scrap, they'll give you a little bit of bump in the price for that as well. So, again, thanks to our really good friends at uh, B&K Auto Salvage and, and LeGrand and Baker City. So we're going to go to the uh, Intellectual Moment of the Week by our good friends at Pendleton Mixer and Cigar and Scenic, beautiful downtown Pendleton. This week, I just shifted gears. I said, we're going to do something different. doesn't have to necessarily be overly intellectual, but it's based on some stuff that's been happening recently in the news and is going to continue, I think, to be a topic. And so it's a question for the group to discuss and throw shit at each other over. And the question is simple. Should you have to show ID to vote in U.S. elections? That's our intellectual moment of the week. 
And Raleigh, did you give us a neck dart or something? Are you okay? Can you blink Morse code? Are you there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you getting like a foot massage or something? We can't see. You're like in a coma. <laughs> no, I'm just relaxing, listening, and got a dog over here with a head on the edge of the chair, and I'm petting her. Well, there you go. Yeah, I can tell you were something's going on. So yeah, anyways, should you have show ID to vote? I would say you bet your ass. That's my opinion. Joel? I, I would like to say no, but I can't see a path where that is a reasonable, safe thing to do. I think uh, if you want to keep your election safe, you have to we need we either need to take elections online through a blockchain mm -hmm. or something or yeah i mean i don't think it's a hindrance not at all to no. have to show your id like no There's we're talking about you have things... to get a covid passport to fly or you gotta get a covid passport to go into a restaurant like you can at least show your id to show up and cast a vote I don't get why it's racist either. That that in itself is beyond racist because you think, well, it's racist because you have to have ID. And of course, black people don't have ID. Sure they do. And yeah. you're like, what they, are you talking these, about? Like, What, are they too stupid to have an that, ID? That's that their point. Is like they're inadvertently saying, you poor so, dumb people, you don't even have it ID. Is the racism, what do they call it? The racism of low expectations or yes. something? Yes. It's, it's, it's beyond mind-blowing that they think that is racist like oh you poor people you can't even have an id it's so so complex you know uh that you there's no way you can even have it you know uh yeah and then in georgia they're like you can't get food or drink in line yeah like, i've looked at it and they're like I, that's racist like are you, do like black people go to the voting line for snacks like, so that's one separate topic, but so. I want to touch on that Georgia thing because that's what spawned this. The thing about not having food or drink in the line is you can't be of a partisan group handing out food or water in the line when people are voting. You have yeah. to be at least 150 feet away, like most states already have in place. Like the, the voting booth itself or the system, they can have water out all that stuff. It just can't be like vote for Jimmy on the freaking water bottle and me handing out water to people in line, trying to get them to vote at the polling place. That's, that's against the law really. And so they just said, you have to be back 150 feet. If you're going to do it, they're, they're making it sound like you have to have like this baton death March to go stand in line to vote. Um, it doesn't say that the voting station can't have water and whatever else out, but can't be partisan maybe, to do maybe that. there should be a rule with consequences if you can't get your people to show up in line and get into the voting booth within 30 minutes uh that's a problem and maybe that's where i think that's what they'll argue is you need if you're standing in line to vote because i think some of the southern places they might you know they open one polling place for a community of 50,000 people or whatever it just makes it an impossible line to wait in i would say that that that's that's I, I feel like that's a little restrictive what is racist even not like you would places for people to vote the fact that you're looking at you looking at atlanta like I, I i can show up here in in new york and go to my voting location on the upper east side and i can just walk right in and vote they have 
50 little stands in there mm -hmm. and it's all organized and volunteers where I can just go in and vote and get it. I'm in and out in 10 minutes. If you see on the news, and again, I don't know how representative it is, you know, with their agenda, but maybe that maybe it is true that in a lot of the like a uh, like lower income black communities, they only put up like one voting location for way too many people. And you can go vote, you're just gonna have to stand in line for two and a half, three hours. That's fucked up. Like if you're gonna go in in person and vote. You should. Everybody should have the access to it. Like I, I want to see. I want to see the facts on that. Yeah, I think that's probably. We, we live in a world where we're statistically capable of figuring out what our population is, and and setting up proper polling places is not an issue. No, it, well, yeah, you might be right. I don't know what I've heard. I, I know what the media I mean, reports. We've seen the stories, and it's always they yeah. don't do that. Um, I know when I so I, I don't first moved down here to the to Florida. Like you looked up online, like every damn near every church every community center like you can already throw a rock and not find the local place to go vote so you know i, I don't know uh, I'm, to say that there was never instances of that sure happened because i mean that's just old school politics i'm sure um i don't think that's the biggest hindrance for anybody to go vote and i totally agree it should be easy i think it should be a national holiday like you should get it should be a national holiday you don't go to work today go freaking vote i mean um that's no problem i also think like the voting should be live online like the freaking count room in a casino like everywhere we could stream that you should be able to go stream and watch people counting those votes everywhere anytime you want all the time like live tally like why not you know um i think you just need that faith restored in all this process and so yeah enough places to go vote um show up you got to prove that who you are like i saw a list the other day when valid ids are required it's like 50 20 like 75 things pretty easy when they're not voting um you know so the whole thing about it's suppression and you know to have an id to show like you're participating in this country's most sacred right basically as a citizen is to go vote. So why is it so crazy to think that you should be actually a citizen of this country, quote unquote, in good standing to go participate in the voting process? I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, you can spend it however you want, but I think that's that's just how it has to be, you know? So, yeah, and if you find like, instances like that, you got to straighten it out, no doubt about it. <laughs> in the history of the US, they used to have like, uh, like back when they were, like if you're black, you were allowed to vote but you had to pass this like literacy exam, which was impossibly difficult. It was like a mm -hmm. bunch of brain teasers. Um, and I think you got like 10 minutes to complete it. So there is a, there's like a history of like, we're going to trick you guys out of not being able to vote. I don't think showing an ID and showing up to a polling place is restrictive. No. But wait, waiting in line for three hours or even one hour is restrictive. I don't think you should be in and out. There should be enough places available to cast your vote that you don't need to wait in a line. I think lines are going to be part of the deal. Um, and do it online. It's not that fucking hard to do it online. I mean, there's that too, I think. As long as it's secure, I think 
have Zero a social security number and like, use your social security it's not number. Not that bad. I, yeah. Um, I don't know. Something about me doesn't trust that, but I, I think I like the inherent way that it's a bunch of small places all coming together potted and that goes up through the system. That's pretty straightforward, especially if that's live stream so you can watch people counting the votes and you know what's going on at all times. And it's just tallying as you move along. Like that's not hard to do at all. Um, I mean, come on, man. Like you're, we're trying to, Elon, Elon Musk is sending rockets to the outer space on a daily basis. And they're coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're sitting around being like, well, you got to show up in person and dude, I think it's more about the perception of security and then we'll send it's, it to it's CNN. It's about the perception of the security of the system. Like, no, just do it online. Do it. I don't trust it, dude. Do it. I don't trust you it don't at all. Tr- you don't trust it in person either, do you? I do. Absolutely. No, they they use these. They use these machines that are easily hackable. Yeah, that system's fucked up. You need an audit trail. You go into the Social Security website and an audit trail of if you have a Social Security number, you get a vote. Pretty easy. Really yeah. easy. You go into their website, cast your vote, and then we, and don't delete it. Make it auditable. Like, I'd agree with that too. Yeah, it should be should be traceable. It should be. My whole point is it needs to be open. It needs to be live, and it needs to be transparent. That's all anybody but, really asks, and by people but, who are qualified to vote in the process. So what's wrong? These with people you? in like I don't know where they were, like Minnesota or Georgia or something. They're like, well, yeah, Biden had nine hundred thousand votes overnight, and later on it seemed like eh, this is probably wrong. Might be wrong, but. I got the sense that we were like, well, let's look at them. Like, no, they they delete after yeah, twenty four like, hours. Can't like, look no? at them again. <laughs> yeah, like, just that's trust true. us. Like, this is how many votes he got? I can't. I can't really do that. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't trust the current system. We have one bet. No, I don't either, dude. At all, not even remotely. Yeah. So basically, anything's better than we have now. I think you start with you should be able to prove who you say you are and that you are indeed entitled to vote. I think that's step one. And yeah, it's transparent and like repeatable and like, and forget registering. Why do I need to register? I have a social security number. I can just show up and vote. Why do I have to register to to vote? I don't know why. Yeah. There should be no mystery either. Like with all this counting and this and that, like, uh, 750 people came through this door and I've got 750 ballots. So we're good here. Like, what's the mystery man i mean like what's this counting and like we're not sure what's all in like dude you know exactly how many people came in to vote and how many votes were turned back in like you know that by the second because whenever somebody comes back you count it so yeah i think it's just too many holes but i think showing id is not suppression i don't believe of considering all the things in life that we have to do now you have to show ID, like to rent a car, to open a bank account, to get to get public assistance, to do basically anything. You've got here's an ironic thought. You're a person. We're listening. They're wanting to mandate a COVID shot. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you go to a doctor's office, you have to show a form of ID. Ding ding so ding. All of these minorities that are supposedly being racially profiled who don't have IDs cannot get the mandatory shot mm-hmm. is this where's am i reading that wrong saying, where's the logic yes that went yeah. bye-bye a long time ago yeah totally right dude yeah to get a doctor's appointment I mean, most of the time you need to show who you are 
especially to show up for a vaccination. Yeah. So they don't really, that they don't really even believe me when I went in there. They're like, "You have an appointment?" I'm like, yeah, I have an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll the dice. Them, yeah. I had to show them my receipts and. Like, I swear to God, I have an appointment. You guys texted me yesterday. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I don't just I just want this guy to make sure I'm not dying. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Richard, what, what are your thoughts on Tony, the, uh, Tony yeah. should be equally painful as going to the DMV? You gotta have to want it to go. Yep. And there's no way you get into the DMV without showing multiple things of ID. Yep, and I agree. Actually, I do want to go Sorry, ahead. Richard, I keep interrupting you. Sorry, man. No, but yeah, that should if if bureaucracy can create the DMV, bureaucracy should damn sure be able to create a foolproof voting system. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't have. I mean, if we have to pay somebody just so that every four year, every two years that they're in charge of monitoring all the votes and keeping it all right and then holding them accountable, I'm for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, we just need Great. a DMV for the voting process, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, it gives me chills. I think before you can vote, would vote out of high school that you should, at, like, you can vote from your 18, 20, 18, 19, 20, you can vote wherever you want, but then you got to pass the test. Yeah. And it doesn't Absolutely. have to necessarily a hard test. You have to know where some states are. You have to know who the vice president is, who your state representative is, and that's about it. But I think voting should be a lot harder than what it is now. Absolutely. I, I do mean, you find think it- about it. The- our right to vote is literally the cornerstone of our democracy as a republic. Yeah. Like we, that is, that is our greatest voice that we have as a citizen of the United States. And it's just getting slapped in the face right now. It is the foundation of our Republic. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's, uh, we're, I, we're just I, so like, yeah, to, to Richard's point, like it should be harder. Like, when I sign into certain websites, they'll send me to like the CAPTCHA page, right? Yeah. You have to like enter the, enter these numbers and letters to vote. Like maybe, yeah, you got to do something and be like, you don't, you don't spring it on somebody and be like, Hey, tell me what state this is. Before you go in and vote, be like, we're going to ask you to name this state when you show up to vote. I uh, Take a look at the material and then, I think you should have to know, like, you can do the minimal effort. Something like who's the governor of your state. If you're voting in the state election, like who's your governor? Like, yeah. I mean, I was watching something the other day. I was, I love watching the man on the street interviews with people about, Hey, what do you think about this? And like, and it was like, talking about the recall of Gavin Newsom in in California. Most people they talked to didn't even know who the governor of California was. (laughs) Like, like no clue and i'm like it's gavin newsom you like i don't live in california obviously um so i think a basic acknowledge is it's a tough one richard because it's your it is your right as a citizen to vote i feel i also agree that yes we've cluster fucked up the system to the degree like you should have to it should be intent to go vote i think it shouldn't be taken on a whim 
but it is indeed as a bona fide citizen of this beautiful country. It's one of the things that comes along with that. So I'm, I'm torn on your statement because I know exactly what you're saying, but I can't wholeheartedly endorse that. I, uh, I lost the passwords in my Bitcoin wallet. <laughs> you're fucked. Yeah. It's it all day. Yeah. It's, that's how hard it is. That's, that should be somewhere how hard it is to vote. If you if you should have to prove that, that much stuff. I mean, I not only have to prove that I have an account. I have to prove I have to send him my ID. It has to match all my previous stuff. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I don't know why if Coinbase can do that, why the United States government cannot do that. Well, I agree. I agree with that. I, I, that concept, yeah. Um, it's way well, more yeah. difficult to do a lot of things that are way less important. I'll put it that way than voting. And I think we've let voting deteriorate to not really being as important. That's why I, I truly believe it should be a national holiday. There should be no excuse of why you're not there voting. It should be easy to do as well. But I, I agree. Some of this, the, the hurdles that we go through for everyday life, like, oh, shit, is that really a bus? Is that in that square or not when I'm trying to get to my website? Like, good Lord, man. Um, yeah, it should it should be should be revered. I'll put it that way. As a compliance officer, the government puts more scrutiny on private businesses, like mm-hmm. publicly traded private businesses, than the public puts on our federal government. That, oh yeah, that's kind of like they're like you have to do all of this stuff, and you can't you know you can't trade on insider information which you shouldn't be able to at all but even the even the sniff or the like the set scent even the scent of insider trading in a private business the federal government is going to come at come down on you hard meanwhile like uh nancy pelosi sitting there tesla making make making pretty lucrative trades herself well, I think it's, uh, I, I truly believe if you're going to be in the public service, that your records of financial should be openly audited at all times. Like, I really yeah. can't think of any senator or rep who's come out of office the same or with less money than when they went in. Most of them are dynamically more wealthy when they come out of office than when they enter. Um, yeah, dude, Biden's a multimillionaire and he's been in public service for 40 some years yeah 40 some 50 years almost same with bernie sanders bernie sanders likes to doubt himself as poor multiple houses two houses in vermont and like he's wealthy worth millions yes absolutely why would you why would you spend millions of dollars for a job that pays you a hundred thousand dollars a year do you want somebody that fucking stupid running this country i don't think so there's a reason for that yeah and Bernie going after Elon Musk on Twitter. See that? That's a bad idea. I didn't see that, but no good can come of like, that. We have we have problems here on Earth that need to be solved, like oh. homelessness. And I don't know why you're fooling around with Mars. Like, That's where I'm sending yeah. all the homeless. What are you talking about? Give, Who do you think's give, volunteering to go on these rockets, man? I'm so, yeah, Bernie's position is give the homeless your money. Yeah. And fuck everybody who wants to expand human life mm-hmm. for beyond earth tell you what burn you start giving away all your shit and then i'll think about doing it myself until then you can go pound sand 
Just saying. Yeah. Going to hell in a handbasket. It's good enough for thee, but not for me. That's the whole point of most of that shit. Yeah. Well, we've covered everything else. Let's talk about gun control. (laughs) Actually, yeah, I was going to ask you that. That means hitting your target. I'm wondering what your guys' positions on that was. I think. On what? I don't don't, don't even. I don't need to tell my opinion. I don't have a very good opinion, but uh, I just I just want to know what you guys because you guys have guns. I don't have any guns. Um, the, I think like the big issue is ammo, right? Like you can have your guns, but I was on a call today at work. The one thing I will contribute is I was on a call today at work, and we were talking about like our bank is doing a uh, the re redoing the this push about sustainability finance so our bank and just as like all the other major banks are doing an initiative to become carbon neutral i don't know why a bank is producing carbon but um like for example my bank was banking providing funding for these outfits that were clear-cutting the rainforest to plant palm trees for palm oil or palm oil trees <coughs> i don't even know if those come from palm trees but um i found that i always found that hypocritical like you you tell the public that we're those we're friends of the environment meanwhile you are literally facilitating incredibly damaging things to the environment um there are there is a rule actually and i learned about today that uh, banks if you're if you're a u.s licensed national bank you have to provide banking services to undesirable companies so if you are a polluter but you're operating within the realms of the law or you Mm -hmm. are a gun manufacturer a lot of people who think that uh the way to get rid of guns is like cut them off at their source, cut off their financing. Uh, if you dig into the details of it, there are laws in place where you can't do that. Like a bank can't just be like, we're not going to bank Smith and Wesson anymore because they make a product that we don't the like. woke the woke people don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are safety nets. I mean, those could always be taken down. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the issues that people should probably pay paying attention to rather than what's on the surface but that's usually the case um yeah i don't know for from a non-gun owner because frankly i'm not allowed to own a gun in new york city that's a uh, issue into itself right if, there. if these laws that we have here materialized where you guys are what would you do how do you feel about that how do I feel about that? What would you, yeah, what would you do? Um, there's, there's multiple ways to go about that. Um, I would, I would certainly be in non-compliance. I'll put it that way. Um, no doubt about it, man. Like, you're gonna go to jail? Are you prepared to go to jail? You fucking ain't right, man. Yeah. All right. uh, first of all, all my guns just recently fell overboard in a boating accident, so there's nothing here to really worry about. Unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. Good point. You could yeah. you could you could claim you don't even possess them anymore. Terrible accident. Yeah. 
lucky to get away with my life. I wonder who these Mind people are. Mind if we have a look around? Like yes, that? I do. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm just curious if they do go on this full gun seizure thing, how many people they think they're going to enforce it. That's They'll have a civil I mean, war on their hands before that happens. Well, I mean, how many how many people are going to have to get shot trying to seize guns before the other guys that are seizing guns are like, you know, this job isn't worth dying over. First, you try to defund the police, and now you're saying, you know, um, yeah. Again, there's always another tactic going on, I'm afraid. Um, or they want us to settle for something less evil or stupid than they're proposing. Um I like I like what they say. Oh well, the army will do it. The national guard will go and get your guns. I'm like the f they will. <laughs> they're all rednecks from flyover states. And then I my best argument is well they're weeding those guys out. So what they're weeding out is all the rednecks, and what they're going to be left with is all the transvestite lefty guys that never knew what a gun was in the first place. They're going to come give Antifa guns a badge, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But well, maybe so they can yeah. come at me. <laughs> yeah that would i mean be really i i encourage that debate, I, think, I think the gun debate is pretty pointless because who's going to take the guns that's my question who is going to come get all these guns we have a trillion guns in this country who's going to come gather them all up because you know most of the people that are capable of gathering them up are gun owners they're not going to go gather their own damn guns up oh there's assholes that are doing it I, I, I don't know what their internal snappage is, but like, um, I'm surprised next they're probably going to cut their dick off to prevent rape, but they're I'm turning my guns in because I don't want to be a part of this. Like, well, that's the thing. If they really, be? if they really want to end it, they don't, they're not going to come take your gun. They don't really care about that. If they really want to end it. They'll just cut off ammo manufacturers. You're not going to be able to get any ammo for your gun. Yeah, there's a lot of unfortunately, that all fell overboard too. So yeah, it was a really bad day for me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, gonna, there's guys. Yeah. Look at Ross. Yeah, what are you looking at me, really? We're just saying that ship already sailed too. Uh, yeah, you, you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak. What? Yeah. What? What are you talking about, dude? We've all got enough ammunition Joel, already. Like, Joel, let me ask you a question. How many guns are there in the United States that are in gun owners' hands? A uh, hundred million? No, wait. No, I'm going to change that. A billion. Hmm. Okay. Now, my next question is, do they all just have one bullet for those things? Well, I, what? Can they have one? If they only have one, they're, they're do they only have one? Do they only have one bullet for every gun they have? My understanding is a lot of people don't have any bullets because they can't go purchase them. Maybe you have a hundred. What are you going to do with a hundred? Yeah, maybe. Let's just bucket. say the average person who has ammunition does not keep it around like people did toilet paper last year. Um, like, how many rounds would you keep? Without you don't need to say your specific round, but maybe let's say you have a. I mean, what's a what's a, before, what's a normal gun? Before to have? Like my a, boat wreck, I had enough that I didn't worry about it. So you have like a forty caliber. How many? Yeah, you have a thousand rounds, or do you have like ten thousand rounds? Do you have? I'm, I'm just 100? saying, within eyesight, within so my I, eyesight, what I'm sitting right here, I can see sixty rounds. 
60? Yeah. That's not going to last you very long. That's just last me long looking, enough. So I'm sitting at the kitchen table. Um, well, it's just not moving. So, from right where I'm sitting. I'm as long as you're going to need enough and to... I'm within, I'm within 30 seconds of at least 10,000 rounds. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ditto. Okay. Before the boating wreck. Yeah. You you could fire a gun 10,000 times before you needed to find a Walmart. Once again, no, my point is... I've got is, enough reloading supplies to... What? That, All of... The bottom line is that it'd be sheer lunacy to even try to go out and confiscate. The largest army in the world is not our military or China's military. It's our citizenry. And that's what that they don't like. True. And you know what? There's a reason it's that way. Yeah. It, well, it gives people like me comfort. That, I'm comfortable with that. I am not comfortable with the government having full power. Has it ever ended well? No. Ever. No. no Never. Yeah. yeah. Not like, yet. Like, even if we had like a complete utopian society, you're like, wait a minute, that seems weird. Why would that one group be in total control of everything else? That seems bad. You know, it's not like it's not like we get well, maybe because we're so spread out, maybe you could defeat the government if that if it came to that. But what is they just fly their drone over you? The government, like, what is that? Like, yeah, okay, I guess you're right. I guess, like, like the the military personnel would be like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And then the military is left training a bunch of Antifa members, like, how to be. What I've Real grown up soldiers. doing since I was about four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'll be interesting. I'd, I'd <laughs> like to see it. I mean, it still doesn't change the fact that it's absolute lunacy to punish law abiding people for stuff that people who obviously don't give a shit about the rules to begin with do. I.e., you're getting all hung up on what kind of weapon this person used to go kill people, which rule number one is thou don't kill other people. Like, it doesn't matter if it's with the hammer or rat poison or a bomb or anything else. Like, you don't kill people. So what are you getting hung up on the fact of what they they used a gun to do it or a hammer or a semi-trailer? They're not paying attention to the law anyways, man. And that, that's like the very first thing out of the gate. It's like your whole premise of what this is about is completely fouled. When I say yours, I mean anti-gun people, not you. Um, it doesn't make any sense. It's It's yeah. irrelevant. When 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 shit hits fan, I want to be on Holly and Richard's team there in Oregon okay. instead of yeah instead of Brooklyn's team. <laughs> well, I, just, I mean, <clears throat> the thing is, it, they can. There's an agenda to go after the guns because it's it's the number one thing upholding the Constitution. If if bad people are going to be doing bad things, and you and you as a New Yorker should know this better than anybody, because on the worst day in America's history, not one shot was fired when those towers fell in New York City, and that was a mental. Those were bad people doing bad things. It doesn't matter whether it's a firearm. It if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Yeah, and and coming after legal, legit gun owners, or their ammunition, or whatever they want to come after there's another agenda behind that and and taking away our guns isn't going to fix 
mass murders. It isn't going to fix all these big shootings. It isn't going to fix any of that. But what it does fix is it allows them to get greater control over the United States Constitution, which they want to do away with, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yep. if they're so good at this gun control stuff, why don't they start with the criminals to begin with? You know, that's there you go. If you want to implement these rules, start there. Do you guys see? Do you guys see where you are? Um, do you see? Like I am, I, I see it a lot because it's happening right in my city. But all the uh, the black on Asian violence that's occurring. Do you see that in the news? I don't see it much in the news. Um, like this, this woman that was like a sixty-five-year-old Asian woman was walking down Forty-third Street, and I think like Sixth Avenue or something. She's on the midtown west she was just walking down the street at about noon and this fucking dude just kicked her in the chest knocked her on the ground kicked her in the head a few times uh the people where the video surveillance camera was coming from inside of a building it closed the door uh, they didn't help her um and then the same day there was the asian guy just got the shit kicked out and pummeled on the subway caught on camera um so there's there's and it's happening in oakland there's a lot of uh, uh black on asian mm -hmm. violence happening right now and the media is trying to paint a picture of white supremacy and this is kind of getting in the way of that they found the one the atlanta guy the that crazy Christian fucker that shot up the Asian massage parlors. Yeah. Um, and they tried to paint him as a white supremacist racist. I think he, he was just crazy Christian. He was, I mean, to be fair, yeah. he is. That's a, that's a problem in the white community is the Christianity. It was his craziness, sex, uh, but, sex addiction thing was driving me crazy. Yeah. I mean, they don't, my, my problem, my, my problem with is that they're not, they're not talking about like, Maybe you shouldn't talk about it at all about who the race of the perpetrator is. Is like stop. Doesn't matter. Fucking right. attacking Asians. It shouldn't. Well, the race shouldn't Anybody. matter because, like, if you want to talk, let's delve into this a little bit deeper. Two even more recent events. You have the the shooting in in Colorado, where the guy from Syria goes and to a from yeah. what I can determine is a predominantly Jewish neighborhood shoots eleven white people. And that instantly, that narrative got shut down quick, fast, and in a hurry. After everybody's like, "Oh, it's another white man because he came out alive," uh, no. So you don't have heard shit about that on the news whatsoever because that didn't fit the whole white supremacy thing. And was it yesterday or day before the I think two black girls, like thirteen and fifteen, tased an Uber driver to death and stole his car and basically threw him out of the rig onto the sidewalk, and they were worried about their cell phones. And you've not heard shit about that either. And that's just an awful deal. So, yeah, the, you know. Yeah. The, the, these aren't all racial, some of them, but, well, some of them might be racial, but they're. Well, the stats, according to the but, stats that I've seen quoted a lot is black on black violence and black on Asian violence. That's really the majority of any of that um, black or Asian deaths come from those two things and people don't want to hear about instantly I'll probably be racist because I said that but that's that's the stats um, so there I is mean, a lot more, of black on Asian violence I mean I mean, if you look at the statistics yeah it's not just black on it, 
it's, it's black and white people too. It's kind it's of what? a problem. Black and white people. That's it. There's a, that, that's a there's a lot of violence there. Always, but um, if you look at the number highest numbers and the highest incident, that's what it is. It's I I think the whole point of the white supremacy racist stuff is just divide people into groups and put us at each other's throats and, and to separate it out back and forth bickering. So other things are going on or they have victims that they can punish other people for to make things right, which never has happened ever um, when they do that. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's I about divide and it's about splitting it into groups and it's about punishing one group to help, it's going to quote unquote help somebody else, but really just taking it away from somebody else. Yeah. My problem is with the national narrative of this white supremacy violence thing. The the data just doesn't support that. Like Not at all. The white on Asian, white on black, white on Hispanic. I mean, there there definitely is violence in those categories, but it's it doesn't if you're to look at a chart. You know, it doesn't even uh, raise a the like white a bump, white white violence isn't all that significant except for white on white. That's yes. a problem. There's a lot of that violence. Naturally, there's more white people. I mean, like it's not racist though. There's not this. I I know a pretty good swath of people. Um, I, I don't know anybody that's a white supremacist at all. I never even heard anybody kind of whisper about it in the hushed tones in the under back rooms. Uh, if you hear some other people talk, like it's only thing white people think about all day. I don't get it, dude. It's it's not there. Sorry, um, it's yeah. false. You know, but that's the goal. So <laughs> it's so we started with gun control. We ended up there, but they're definitely connected as well, um, especially with these recent events where it's just so blatant that if if fits a specific narrative, then it's going to get scream from the rooftops and even if it doesn't they're still going to try it anyways um and, and it's like and you wonder why people have zero faith in what they're told on the quote-unquote news or these other outlets it's like well, why would i trust you on anything when i see this happen and this is how you present it to me and i know it's false like why would i care what you say it makes no sense Well, I'm going to have fun typing up the uh, timeline and description for this freaking tornado. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. That's a lot, Raleigh. Two weeks. <laughs> What's that, Richard? I said that's what happens when we miss two weeks of news. Yes. Yeah. We have a little, uh, we get a little pent up. I mean, you know, we, we, we probably don't, we don't all talk like this. Uh, we talk independently, but not all together. And that's, the, that's the whole point of this whole deal. So, yeah. So thank you, Reachers, for putting up with us for our, our brief hiatus. We'll try to get back more on track, too. But uh, this is a busy time of year for a lot of people. So we have to work around schedules and, and time zones as well. You know, there's a three-hour time difference between myself and Joel and you two a-holes. And so, yeah, that uh, adds the complexity of uh, all of our fun stuff. So I think that kind of took care of our uh, intellectual moment and a bit of our grinding gears. Uh, we probably still go in a bit of that as well. But uh, as, as soon as uh, Joel's in the powder room at the moment, I believe, so we'll probably get to his word of the week um, when he comes back. Uh, I could do a quick, we did get some mail. Uh, we've been getting some more people uh, checking out the podcast from different parts of the world. Um, um, 
Lewis, I can't even pronounce Lewis's last name, but Lewis sent a great video to our account. I need to figure out how to get it posted on our page. And it's about the history of social security. And it's really interesting to see, you know, when it started, how it was set up, what it was supposed to be, and all the little steps and when things changed and where into the entire clusterfuck that it is what it is today. Um, completely different from what it initially started out. And it wasn't that brilliant of an idea to begin with, but it was basically when it started, it was voluntarily, basically self-sufficient. Um, and over time, of course, then it started getting taxed and then it started going into the general fund. And then people who just showed up and never paid into it ever could get into it. And then it became mandatory and more taxed. And so um, it's about a four or five minute video of just about the history of social security. And I, th I think one of the lessons behind it was it's these little bits over time that, you know, you look up in 40 or 50 years and you're like, it started way over here. It was pretty simple, pretty straightforward. And now it's completely bastardized, inept version of what it began because of the idiots in between that screwed it over every single time. So it's, yeah, I'm trying to, try to get it posted on the, on the, our Facebook page from the, the inbox, but Lewis sent that it was really cool uh, to see. Joel, we're finishing up some reach your mail. Then we we'll go back and hit your word of the week. If you don't mind, how's that sound? Sure. And then we got uh, teacher Jay in Oregon said um, most middle school kids I've been around have not heard about the civil war, the Mayflower or the underground railroad. Even most are uh, focused seems to be on state and town history of any. So that struck me as really interesting to not really have a good grasp of the Civil War, the Mayflower, because that's been bastardized and that's evil now that we came here. And then, of course, the Underground Railroad's all about the freedom of bringing people from the southern states north. And so it's an interesting insight. And I think one of my one of my projects, I'm going to try to track down like the history book I had in like the sixth or the eighth grade, try to see what it was all about i can remember what it looks like in my mind but i don't know the exact title but i think i can do some searching probably on the ebay uh and find a history book from 1985 or so that'd be pretty interesting to see so if anybody out there has one let me know i'll definitely get it and i'll buy it from you but i just like to see what that point of view was um at that you know has it shifted in my mind since i've gone through all this and i think about the quote-unquote good old days or did I remember learning about quite a bit of different stuff. The Cold War, especially, seems to be top of the list. So, I used, I used to have to uh, ration my East Oregonian picks, like what I'm going to look at on the website, because you only get it <clears throat> like you get like five free articles a month or mm. whatever it is. Um, I finally was like, you know, I could probably, I could, I could, I could just subscribe to this. <laughs> Not that big of a deal. Well, like, living large, honey. Living large. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like two dollars a month or some shit. Yeah. Uh, so I subscribed to it, and uh, fuck, I forgot what I was going with. What were you just talking about, Mega? History book. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, when it comes to like what they teach in schools, there was an article on there today about how <clears throat> some years they can't find enough people to like run for school board. Isn't it, isn't it the board of schools? Richie, you probably know this. Is it the board that decides the curriculum that the kids are going to learn? No, you just, you, you just turned yourself off mute. 
to a certain extent um, because all the curriculum is already made by basically the teachers union and the, the department of education. Oh, so what does the board do then? Just budget stuff and guidance. Yeah. They, they can throw a fit and not buy it. They do that. They used to do that in Texas all the time. They, uh, one Texas district had, I think in the nineties or the early two thousands, the Texas school boards were so, uh, against the curriculum that they had to go back and write textbooks just for texas because they weren't buying any of it so yeah it's a big nice. market yeah uh oh. if i when i get back to Pendleton, they're, they're lucky they missed me this round but i'm gonna i'm gonna run for school board absolutely no it's not weird at all no i think that's that's imperative that is essential when we talk about this country's going to shit and what are we going to do blah 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 it starts when you get involved at the local level. If it's a school board, county commission, whatever, um, that's where you have to get involved and start making people think about what the hell they're doing. So I could not encourage that anymore. All of us, that needs to be done. And that's, that's part of the problem. I think it's inherent, and I'm going to stereotype. That sounds like an endorsement to me, Micah. I'm, I'll endorse you. Yeah. You're my favorite communist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, like, hey, this kid made it out of Pendleton and came back. He's probably got something to say. Like, I mean, I think it's important, man. I really can't stress it enough. Like, this is where I think if the states have more control over what they have going on, the shifts at the federal level do not have quite the impact that they do now. And I think we need to go back to more state focus for sure. Um, and that's been hammered home even more since I live in the great state of Florida, where our governor will tell the quote unquote president to go fuck himself. Um which music to my ears, but I think it all starts at a local town and state level. So a hundred percent, I'll help you run. It's important. So getting your ass in Jeep Cherokee and go do, do it to it. So do you have your word of the week there? Good, sir. <clears throat> yeah, I got a word. <laughs> that sounds scary. All right. You guys ready for my word? Rally, wake up. Awake. Yeah, he's awake. He's doing that creepy thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my word is in purple. E M P U R P L E. In purple. That's when you got too tight a grip. Oh. No. In purple. Yeah. 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 That's my word. I've not, I've never heard that word that I'm aware of. Um, purple. Anybody have a guess? I'm thinking. Does it really, I, uh, the root's not really there. M, no. M, M would be to M enable to make something purple. No, it's E-M. Not, yeah. Yeah, E-M-P-U-R-P-L. But uh, yeah, Raleigh, you fucking nailed it. To make it purple? Yeah, that's all the word means. There's a whole word to make something. It's purple. in the word, though. How stupid is that? Why don't you just call it purple? <laughs> because there's no like. M so I'm gonna. If it's the it's the process of making something purple, like hey, you should go and purple that house. Is that what that is? Yeah. Nah. Maybe you shouldn't be on the fucking school board. I've taken my. <laughs> <laughs> I rescind 
no, I don't know. I still stand by that. Yeah. That's all it'd be. That's weird. No wonder what a I've never funny heard that word, word, right? Yeah. Well, a, and and then it also means like I guess there is a special name, but I would have thought it would be red and red. Uh, so if you get really mad and, and like your face turns red, apparently other people say your face turns purple. So you get you get uh, empurpled. I know Richard gets empurpled when he goes on the Ralph Lewis field trip to Central Oregon. But that's a different story altogether. <laughs> Were you waiting for that, Richard? Did you know that was coming? <laughs> You're on mute, damn it, Brad Burr. Do you drink too much and you got a red face? Yeah, did I drink? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit too much. He was in the spirit (laughs) world. Yeah. Um. I didn't wake up for like two days. (laughs) I just laid in the fetal position in the back of a pickup. He's in Poyo's pickup the whole time. Yeah. You look like shitty when you got home. Yeah. I went into the bar that I got packed out of that night in Pendleton. It's now a coffee shop, which is amazing. Yeah. That's one of those things. What's yeah. that? Oh, he's in Burns, not Pendleton. Oh. Burns, yeah. Oh. yeah. Richard didn't even know where he was. That's that's how empurpled <laughs> he was. Yeah. One of the many times I should have had my stomach pumped, but nobody took me to the hospital. There's a caring group on that particular trip. Yeah. Dude, Bradbury almost died. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Is there a coffee shop? There's a coffee shop in Burns. I would feel like you'd either have to make it home or go to the gas station. Get your coffee. There's like three coffee shops in Burns, but one of them is one of those little drive-up tubes and things. How many people live in Burns? 4,000? 4,000 probably, yeah. So is it kind of like it's like the size of Baker, basically? No, Baker's. Baker's bigger, isn't it? Yeah. That'd be seven or eight. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought That's Baker big. was like smaller than Hepburn. Well, no, how big is Pendleton? No. 17? 14, yeah. 17? Yeah. 16 or 17 or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Burns has a McDonald's. Uh, I want to throw out a uh, car update. I'm leaning towards a Ford Ranger. Ooh. So uh, uh, is this the new, uh, I teased this earlier in the week. This is the new segment called Buying Stuff, Real Life Product Reviews. So I thought it would be handy. Ford Ranger. I saw one the other day walking down the street. I was walking down the street, not the Ford Ranger. Yeah. I would like an F-150, but they're too expensive one just like mm. I don't know, it's just too much car that much. Kind of disposable i'd like to too. have the towing capability just so like my brother casey doesn't get to do all the fun stuff for not being able to tow something but uh and i wouldn't do it myself anyway but like you'd do it uh but i don't know as a ford ranger you guys richard really you guys think that'd be all right Um, I had the one, the pickup that size that I really like is the new Chevy diesels that I don't know what they're called. Colorado's the, Chevy. Colorado. The, yeah. Chevy Colorado. Yeah. I think I'd go with that over the Ranger, but just cause it diesel you think is a pretty good, like, better choice in gas. Crazy miles to the gallon, like 40 miles to the gallon or something crazy. 
Oh. What are you laughing at? Whenever I hear Ford Ranger now, I just think about Blue Duck on Lonesome, Lonesome Dove. Ain't got time for no war out old Rangers. Yeah, I just that's what goes in my head. So that's why I giggle. Yeah, and and, and Casey can go pound sand, Joel. Like, why should you buy like a three quarter ton pickup just in case you have to go tow something at some point? I mean, you can, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'd like to be able to. I want to drive around. Well, then don't get a half ton. Then get you. Get you a nice three-quarter ton pickup. Go get a new Chevy three-quarter ton or Dodge. Fuck it. What? what how, how much is a Ranger weigh? No, it's not no, what they not. weigh. It's what they can haul. Like a Ranger, like a half ton is an F-150. Like they're probably not much anymore, but they're supposed to be able to hold a half ton of cargo. It's a half oh, yeah. ton. Yeah, I don't need a three-quarter ton. What? Well, if you're going to tow anything worth towing, you do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't if you're know. gonna go tow hay around for Casey, you need at least a three quarter ton pickup. Tell I'm Casey gonna, to tow his I'm own. Gonna, I'm gonna yeah, tow. Exactly. I probably most of the time it'll be a golf cart. Other times it'll be like twenty bales of hay. A half ton's fine. Half ton. Half ton will be fine then. But that's not. That's half ton pickup or half ton of hay. No. <laughs> half ton pickup. Yeah. 150 is that like an f-150 f-150 yes. chevy 1500 ram okay. 1500 yeah, I don't, yeah. well that, that's why we have this segment called another buying for the f-150 They're what can i company. tell with a first off joel first of all don't buy a brand new one if you're gonna do it go so find a really, go f- or go find a really nice used one that yeah. um, i'm just gonna lease a brand new one mm-hmm. I'm of a mind like you don't you don't buy depreciate depreciating assets. You rent That's what depreciating you assets. You buy appreciating assets. You buy a, you buy an apartment or a home. You're buying a, if if you're buying a car, it's going to lose value. I don't want I don't want to own it. I don't want that risk. And I'm going to want a new one money. in a couple of years anyway. So I'm just going to I'm just going to lease yeah. it. I've done that. The only potential downside is mileage. If you go over your mileage, then that costs you per mile. Well, it's like a quarter a mile. Well, I mean, that so adds over... dude, in Eastern Oregon, yeah. they don't take long. Like, <laughs> so, and, and hell, lease one for a couple of years. If you're going to put more miles on it, then you can still buy it. You have paid the depreciation as you leased it. Or that's why you buy yeah. a used one because somebody else already ate the shit on it and you get it for a better price. But what if it breaks down and you have to pay for like the cost? Not, it doesn't really happen much anymore. Not really. If you buy the knife, yeah. buy the right one, you don't have to worry really worry, worry about it. Yeah, and you can I really get, don't want any risk. You can get certified. You shouldn't drive. <laughs> you live in New York. For the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going back to Belton. Yeah. Going back to P Town. P Town. P Town. So, the yeah. uh, I would I would I would just suggest you get a beater until you decide what you want. I would lease one for a year or two. I would a I would drive the bejesus out of everything I wanted to go to Tri Cities. There's like 500 car dealerships there. I just drive the shit out of everything you want to go. Drive a one ton. Go drive a three quarter ton. Go drive an F one fifty. Go drive an SUV. Go drive a car. 
Spend a whole day yeah. or two. Try the shit out of everything. I've only gotten 38 and never have had to worry about the price of a car before in my life. That's pretty cool. Like, I haven't had a car. I've never had a car in college, I guess, but it was like my mom paid for it. Yeah. Um, coming out of there, yeah, I'm not going to go buy like a Ford Taurus or something, but I'm going to get something cool. There you yeah. go. Even though I understand it's a bad financial decision. I get that. I'm prepared to make a bad financial decision. You're going into it knowing that. That's half the battle. Yeah, because it makes you happy. Yeah. Sometimes we do shit just because it makes us happy. Even if it's and, just for a day. Yeah. You're moving to Eastern Oregon and you can't walk anywhere. Well, he's going to live much. three blocks from Hamley's. He's not too worried, I don't think. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking about getting like a scooter or something, mm -hmm. a motorized scooter. Yeah, and that could serve as like my vehicle cool. to go down to the bar to get my pickup. You can still get put, a DUI. Put that in the back, and then Joel. Because oh, when your when your pickup gets drunk, you, yeah. Joel, yeah. listen, listen, listen to me. I just found on on Facebook Marketplace a 2007 Ford F-150 with only 52,000 miles on it. it. Has an automatic transmission. It's easy to run. It's a one-owner vehicle. An older man has it for ninety-five hundred dollars. That you're not going to go wrong with that. You will get your ninety-five hundred dollars worth of transportation out of it. Is that an XLT or XL? I it doesn't have details. It's a ninety-five hundred dollars. Yeah. It, and it's. I want leather seats. Well, this one does not have leather seats. <laughs> that can be found. That's going to cost you another ten thousand. That does sound like a, actually a really good deal, though. Right. And I just flip that. You could drive, so you it, drive for, it for a few years and then sell it again. Yeah. You'll, you'll get your 9,500 back out of it after you put 30,000 miles on it. My uncle is selling a 2015 Platinum F 150. That's got leather. With like, uh, it only has like 50,000 miles on it. It's not about $40,000. Um, and I know that how good of care my uncle takes of his rigs uh, i'm kind of tempted to go that route but i like a, I, I like the new stuff in the cars I like mm -hmm. the, the bigger fancy yeah. screen you won't Absolutely. like it when you got to pay to have them worked on that's why once well, lease that that's way why you lease it yeah. i don't have to worry about that shit but yeah. an accounting professor, you and r tell me one time if you're leasing you're the one that's being taken advantage of. You're just paying your depreciation. That's all you're doing. Yeah. I don't think you're being taken advantage of as much as people say. I think as long as you know what you're getting into. Like, yeah, I'm paying more for this. But Actually, my lease payment was... I went with the lease for two reasons. A, mostly the main reason was in Nebraska, where I had my pickup at, to license the vehicle there is absolutely freaking crazy insane. So um, if you do, and I, of course I got a pretty nice pickup, but if you get it on the lease, you don't pay the full registration fee. It still cost me like $5,000 to register my pickup the first time in Nebraska. Ooh, wow. It's insane. Um, and it was yeah. like $1,000 every year to renew, which was just peaches and cream. Um, but lease payment was actually less than the actual truck payment would be too. But the main reason was because the taxes to register the vehicle were less on the lease. And I thought, well, by the time this lease comes up because of the three-year deal, I'll either 
be ready to pay for it all outright or I'll be in a different state. And it turns out I'm in a different state, but I'm sending it back next month anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, if How's you that send that to that? me, send that pickup advertisement to me. Okay. What's that, Richard? How do you send it back? Just drop Guys. it off the look yeah i just had it got inspected a couple weeks ago like the leasing company sent out an inspector dude just to let me know if everything like does it need new tires or is anything it's like it's cherry so yeah let's take it back to the local dealership and drop it off i gotta clean mine it's gonna go back in june mine's been sitting in my garage for a couple months it's pretty clean did you make any money on the mileage i think i will yeah because it's under so uh yeah I had a 36,000 mile lease and I think I have 34,000 miles, I believe on it. So, which a lot of those came from my big wandering trip to the Northwest one time. That was pretty fun. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, Joel, I think you figure out what you want to do with it is one thing. I think, um, nothing wrong with leasing one for a while and then figuring out if you want to get that. And there's nothing wrong with buying a used one somewhere. And uh, as long as you're comfortable with the history, drive it for a while. If you don't like it, sell it to somebody else. That's pretty fun, actually. Yeah. And used, you actually get worse uh, rates on your on your loan too. Mm, to a degree, not not terribly though. Like obviously, the the dealership wants to sell you something brand new at a lower interest rate. You can also get your own independent financing, and you do pretty well on that on the used one. So just depending on the your year. Brother. Just live with your brother until you got it paid off. <laughs> no, that's what that's, that's what I'm plan, doing. Right? Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't want to rely on them for a ride. That's the main point. Yeah. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna live with Brian um, during the weekdays, and then we go up and stay in uh, stay with Raleigh. And told me that, but stay up there on the weekends. Then you better get it one time. <laughs> you know, you need a dually, diesel, six speed, because you're hauling some hay and shit. Yeah. Stay on a Raleigh's two piece. He probably has. Mm-hmm. There, <laughs> just say you to work, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, put me to work. So, yeah, part of it is just really what you want to do with your rig that's the main point. So, yeah, I'll be the screwdriver guy. You give me a screwdriver, I'll go screw in all the screws that I can find for free. That's, that's quite the service, yeah. So Awesome. Well, that's our new segment called Buying Stuff. So uh, if we things that we're looking at, we'll talk to you about them. That's one of my fun hobbies is researching the crap out of something before I buy it. Also, if you as a reacher are considering a purchase, let us know. We'll uh, we'll walk you through the pros and the cons. Probably more cons than anything else, but you've got uh, four diverse opinions here and uh, research on the fly. So again, if you want to submit something for our new segment called Buying Stuff, uh, then we'll certainly be willing to go through that for you as well and, and uh, provide a little entertainment, but also some insight because it's really is one of the things, if I could figure out a way, a way to make a living doing that, I'd probably just research shit for people to buy. And uh, But Consumer Reports kind of does that already. But if you want the real down-home approach, we got you covered. So, uh, oh, so that leads us to a couple more segments. We got Entertainment Spotlight and then uh, Best Thing of the Week. So we kind of covered who grinds our gears already. If anybody's got something they're really grinding their gears, we can jump on that. But I want to make sure I get this entertainment spotlight out. I've wavered a lot. Yes, Joel. Wait, did you say we're doing grinding my gears? Not yet, no. I'm going to do the entertainment spotlight so we know what uh, 
thing we're going to discuss next time, and then we'll go to grinding gears if you have something right. to grind. Let me know when I can grind my gears. I will. Keep your hands in plain sight until then, my good sir. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I was all over the board about if I was going to do a movie, a book. I had several podcasts in mind, um, an album. And then I heard this clip this evening right before we came on the air. Um, and I thought, if that's really going on, I need to find that. We're going to listen to it. So what I found is this is a December 9th, 2019 interview. Uh, it's on a YouTube channel called This Week in Virology. So all right away, I know I captured everybody's attention. Um, but it's This Week in Virology, number 615. And it's this guy named Peter Daskoff of the EcoHealth Alliance. And uh, he's talking openly about some of his research he was doing in Wuhan and some of the stuff they were doing with Corona. And so I found it very entertaining and enlightening. It's about 30 minutes long, um, but it's This Week in Virology, 615, um, recorded 9 December 2019. So it's definitely right before wheels were coming off. Um, it's about 30 minutes, about 20 minutes in or so, he starts talking about some of the stuff that they were looking at. Um, and, and he was like associated with it. He wasn't working there every day, but talks about coronavirus in general and SARS and and the whole thing is about virology. That's the name of the podcast, if you will. So I'll get it posted up on our Facebook page, but it's This Week in Virology. Uh, it's TWIV615 is the, the number of it. It's only 30 minutes long. It should definitely spark some curiosity and some follow-up. But uh, I heard about it on the news this evening, and I looked it up, and I found a YouTube channel, and there it is. And it's still, it's still up. So it um, surprised me. That is still on YouTube. So um, Peter Daskoff, D-A-S-Z-A-K is the guy's name. So that will be our entertainment spotlight for our next session. Hopefully it stays up on YouTube for that long. If not, that probably tells you, you all you uh, need to know as well. Can you forward that link? I shall. I'll forward it to the herd. And then I will also, I'll definitely put it on our Facebook page as well and get it out. Uh, so you do can... that every time. Every time there's a uh, entertainment spotlight, do you put that on there? Not always. No, I'm pretty undisciplined. Um, try to talk about it. I think I put Willie on there. Maybe I didn't. I know I sent that out to the gang. So talked about it, it several times. So yeah, sure try. Yeah. So is that what was running your gears? Me? Yeah. No, you, you, you ready for what was grinding my gears? I sure am. I think we all are. Yeah. <clears throat> the biggest, I mean, there was a lot this week to get worked up about. But one thing that really stood out to me this week uh, was the CDC director on, on her, uh, I don't know, it was like an up, update or, I don't know what channel it airs on, but I saw a clip of it. And she said, I pulled it up. She said, I'm going to have to pause here. I'm going to lose the script. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feelings I have of impending doom. Impending doom, she said. Wow. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are and so much reason for hope. But right now I'm scared. That grinds my gears because I don't think that the head of the CDC, the person charged with 
providing us information, no more and no less than information, is sitting there on television saying, I'm scared and impending doom. Yeah. And crying. And she started crying and she was getting choked up. Like, if you can't keep your shit together to tell us, all we want from you is the information. If you can't give us the information without getting emotional about it, you shouldn't be in this job. Well, isn't she and the same I, I think, person that just told us a couple of weeks ago that she really wasn't concerned about it and everybody should be back in school? And then they said, oh, that was her personal talk and she's in front of the CDC banner? Like, is that the same person? I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. I have no idea. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Like black, hair about dark that, hair, but... right? Black-haired lady? Yeah. 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 But... Yeah. So that regardless. makes it even worse. Two weeks ago, she's like, kids should be back in school. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the yeah. administration shit their pants and like, oh, that was just her talking out of her uh, personal level. Uh, and now she's doing this. Yeah. Give me the fucking facts. And shut up. And even like you said. And we'll should make be emotional. Yeah. That's like Kevin Bacon in Animal it's House. Like, Remain calm, all is well. Like, what kind well, of idiot is that? It, it it should be. I mean, it should be added to that there is a. I don't know if there, I've never seen anybody talk about it really, but like a, you see clips once in a while, of like a CNN anchor, you know, like when George Floyd uh, got killed, um, they give their impassioned speech with Don their Lamont tears. Is pretty good Don about Lemon, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they're always crying, and. Because they like, care, Joel. That, well, they it, care. that's definitely what the what they're trying to do. I I doubt that they really do. Not even remotely. No. Feel those emotions, uh, but regardless of whether or not they feel those emotions, they shouldn't be showing them on camera. Precisely. Yeah. You're there to give me my news. I'm tuning into you to get information, and I don't want. I don't give a Especially when you're from the CDC. I don't... Why are you editorializing? You're Essentially, you are giving an opinion based on your emotion. And we saw this this week with uh, like Scientific America. They got called out on Twitter because they're, they're not putting on opinion pieces and editorializing stuff. Um, that, I think that's a real... That's a significant breakdown in our society on your roles and responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you crossed, you've crossed the line now. And I mean, everything's crossed the line and going back to the conspiracy theorists and like, you're not a conspiracy theorist. You're just recognizing something that's not right. Yeah. Asking why about something doesn't make you a conspiracy theorist or an anti insert, whatever, like the whole thing about, this trust the science, the science is settled, that that makes my head explode because that's the whole essence of science is it is not settled. It's continually picked at and poked at and prodded and stomped and twisted and tested and ran through the ringer. And it, it begs to be asked why, because if you can ask why 10 different ways from 20 different angles and it comes back the same, that's a pretty solid trend. It's never like stomp, therefore it shall be. But that's the whole point about like, the, the, what's that called? The uh, the process of going through uh, an experiment 
the um it's just i'll think about it in a second not too round up in the moment um there's like a whole system like you hypothesize you test to repeat you know the scientific, scientific, method. scientific method absolutely yeah thank you i knew it was in there somewhere um you know so it's it's about scrutiny it's about that's why when you design a study like it has to be repeatable that's the whole point when you put together a study and they look at your materials and methods like you have to lay it all out just how you did it and under what conditions so that the next schmuck could come along and do it again and be like i got something completely no. different this time Spiller, it's it's so clear that it's repeatable you should be able to repeat thousand percent get the same result either you get the same result or you get something different because there's conflicting variables like that's that's a completely legitimate possibility you know so it's like science is about the why that's the whole point of science it's not because it's been settled because we paid for the study and now you move on and that, that always really grinds on me is that's not it's not settled you know and so now when you got science being more emotion than anything else when people are desperately looking for solid information on something that's even more deplorable if you will to have that point of view we need a we need sound effects to grain graining your sound i'll work effects. on that yeah get, we'll get, that. get that from Bo. Yeah. i'll work on that yeah we can get that hammered yeah no problem we missed it last have, time have richard turn on his car or pickup. <laughs> we have just you driving a manual transmission out to get us plenty of that yeah uh what what grinded uh richard and raleigh's gears anything we're i'm good <laughs> cool we had some gear grinding earlier so we're, yeah. we're gonna do it this okay. week we missed it last time what's that richard go ahead go we missed it last time but i think we should end with best thing of the week um just because we've been rambling around in circles and i do like to end on a positive note if at all possible so rawls if you're still awake in your canadian tuxedo do you have a best thing of the week for us Yeah, um, I've got several best things of the week, but I'll uh, well, aren't you? Special? I'll go with. <laughs> I'll go with. Uh, I this year I ordered my wife a birthday present from one of Richard's neighbors and Bill Black, and um, her rains and real mail showed up in the mail the other day, so that was a, a best thing of the week that I'll share. Yeah, I saw but, those on the Facebook. Cherry. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Oh, it's a set of reins and a romel for a bridal. It's a romel. It's a sex swing you put in the bedroom. Nice. Yeah. Handmade cool. shit, man. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and the reins. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. For the reins then. Yeah. Get it. yeah. <clears throat> Tasty leather. So when you're biting on it, it's not that bad. It's really nice. Yeah. So. We need we need champ on it, not chomp. You say, say tater, I say bleh. yeah. Chomping on the bits, champ, <laughs> champ, champing the bit. Richard, what do you have for us, good sir? Oh man, I've had three or four shitty weeks. So, um, well, you're still here. That's one good thing. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, the op- obstacle is the way, but. Uh, I think I'm thankful for having a vast life experience and being able to rebound really fast. 
So, um, yeah, the kid's back. He's been with his grandparents for a couple weeks, and uh, then they were here for a week. And so, so it's just down to the family and I, or the wife and I, and the kid. And so that's 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 the best part of the week. Hope to have some time to enjoy that and family union. Go on. No. no anyways but uh yeah but no uh yeah the, how was the, that so you just got rid of your kid for like two weeks and you just he found like his way normal, back again so live like a yeah. normal person again for briefly you don't know richard that well no <laughs> i wish i wish i'm working on that but no i've never mastered that so anyway i hope you never do i mean yeah, <laughs> not to not to shite, you know, put out your candle, but yeah, I, I think in a world where where Richard's doing normal shit, I don't want any part of that, really, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> I mean, sucks to be you. Sorry, but dance monkey. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> no, actually, most, most of the time, it's really fun to be me. So yeah, this uh, occasionally you just have to. What do you call? Uh, cut some stuff loose and do a little restructuring. Mm. Ah, yes. Not always easy, but uh, yeah. I never, I never enjoy it because I'm usually really invested in it. But then a lot of times I wake up and realize that everybody around me is not equally invested in ah. it. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah. So there's that. I'm, I was seeing the signs earlier. It used to take me 10, 15 years to figure it out. Now I can figure it out in a couple of years. So damn, that's a vast improvement. That's like orders of magnitude better. That's why I'm uh, very thankful for my, my life experiences. As we all should be. Yeah. That's uh damn deep thoughts by Jack Andy right there. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Mr. Joel, what do you got for us there? Good, sir. Uh segment about what our week. Best thing of the week. Let's let's end this some bitch on a high note. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. My week's been just pretty much dominated by Oregon State basketball. Uh, That's pretty good. I, if they could rebound and make free throws. We'd still be talking about it. But yeah, yeah. Good. I, unfortunately, I kind of wrote them off at the early in the season because mm-hmm. well, like, oh, here, here's I mean, another shitty season. I didn't watch yeah. them again until the last game of the Pac-12 tournament, and then. And then they went on this run. Uh, it was incredible. It was neat watching them play really well. Yeah. And on a national they, level, too. It, it was really cool. It, it was a weird experience watching them in the Elite Eight game yesterday because they were um, so frustrating to watch at a lot of times, like the boneheaded turnovers and whatnot. But, you know, they made a game of it and whatever, like, it was a great season. Can't you can't? It's interesting to see them lose and then be like, "Good, you guys did great." Yeah, absolutely. Without yeah, winning, was... all. like if the, if if like Oregon State baseball goes to the World Series and loses the first game or first two games, you know, like that's a disappointment. Yeah. But uh, with the basketball team, that, that was incredible. Well, they haven't been that far since forever and a day. Yeah, so it was. And it was a winnable game. I watched it. They could have won. Yeah, they definitely could have yeah. won. Um, which part of me said that they zone didn't. they were running in the second half, yeah. like, and then they gave it up. They gave they quit doing it with the last like, they, 
two they minutes. Like, why did you stop they doing that? Shit for rebounds. Like they were getting their ass kicked, and then they switched yeah. the zone. They get more rebounds, and then they were missing free throws left, right, and center. But it was really that, that was both hurt them bad. But they should make a great comeback second half too. They were down by seventeen going into the half, so it was really cool. So I think they showed a lot of grit. I was proud to see him go do that. So it was pretty cool. I have to agree. Um, my best thing of the week is it's so superficial, but I don't care. Um, I like NASCAR. I used to watch it all the time. I haven't watched it in quite a while. I started watching again this season. And this past week, they raced at Bristol, Tennessee, which is one of the coolest tracks there is. It's a half-mile track, which is really small in NASCAR. Huge stadium. It usually holds 110 or 15,000 people, I think. It's absolutely insanity. This particular weekend, though, they turned what was normally an asphalt racetrack, they turned it back into a dirt racetrack, which is where a lot of these guys started from, in which I've watched a lot of cool dirt racing and have been involved in. So, it's, you know, they're pitching sideways around the corner, but they're driving their regular everyday NASCARs. They just kind of put some different tires on it and adjust the suspension. So the seam go back. It got rained out Sunday, but they did it on Monday. So Monday was awesome sports day for me between net car and uh basketball but dirt track racing at bristol was really cool to watch to see some of these guys getting their ass kicked um it was way cool and honestly i like that dirt track racing so somewhat superficial but i would say if i had to capitalize it up in like monday sports day it was probably one of the better ones in a long time and that's because of all that so i'll uh, i'll keep it simple for this week on that one but yeah so Anybody else have anything for the good of the order? Rawls, are you awake? You alive? Oh, yeah. Ah, I can okay. tell. Man's a firecracker, boys. Just pure raw energy, folks. Pure raw energy. We can't even really keep him on the screen. It just vibrates too much to even get a good picture. Yeah. So, uh, his chair is too comfortable. That's yeah. Probably. I think that's part of the problem. Damn it, pile. Yeah. Sound off like you got a pair. Guys, this has been a tremendous episode. It's been fun as hell. Our poor, um, Poor listeners, I think they're going to have fun keeping up with us. Uh, I'm going to have a hell of a time just getting the description wrote down of what happens and when. I'll certainly do my best. I'll encourage all the folks to, you know, track us down, follow us. Special thanks again to B&K Auto and uh, Pendleton Mixer and Cigar. Don't forget our new segment, Buying Stuff. If you are thinking about buying something, please let us know. We'll do our best to help guide you any way we can possible, or at least probably provide some input. Um, or if you just want to hear us talk about it, maybe you're not going to buy it at all. It's like, what do you a-holes think about that? Please do. If you have an album you'd like to submit us, and like, hey, you guys should listen to this and talk about it too, we'd be more than happy to do that also. So we're really here to help entertain you and make the day go by. And hopefully we think a little bit like you do, and hopefully we don't. So, uh, you know, with those words of wisdom, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. And uh, in the meantime, make sure you find us, like us, and follow us, and share us, and love us. And uh, we'll try to do the same for you. So until then, keep on reaching, and uh, we'll see you all soon.